what's going on everybody it is thursday august yeah we're in august already third and you have found the pinwheels and ivy podcast i am your host matt swasky aka Southside zoe aka father zoe uh with me is the good reverend k fids how we doing trade deadlines some sides of chicago are super happy some not super happy but uh got some interesting uh moves though couple teams i think both teams got stronger in in different ways but this has been a really emotional week and now it's nice to be on the other side of the trade deadline so yeah we can stop stop uh guessing now we can talk about fucking prospects for another year if you're on the white sock (laughs) side uh all those here too um i think he ron swanson his computer um and he is getting another one going so he'll be here shortly and for those of you that didn't know mitch did basically his own episode earlier today because he is working the late shift uh he had some things he wanted to say so he went live in the middle of the day you can go find that and all of our shows on our youtube channel uh while you're there maybe hit the like and subscribe button we'd really appreciate that but as we mentioned we got a lot to talk about so we couldn't wait around any longer um white Sox sell and boost that farm system cubs made some strategic moves but some of us <laughs> doesn't think it was enough uh and so we're gonna just basically dive into all that talk to you guys in the comment section and go from there so with all that being said let's tap this cake free build of the favorites we here for the latest south side or the north side not tuned to the greatest home team for the home teams both sides got our own rings on the mound on the long ball but we don't put the wrong strings yeah it's that time of the year now. Wrigley or Gantes for the whole league that we hear now. New show with a new mood. Discussions and interviews. Trade rumors that might be. This is Pinwheels and Knife. Yeah. This is what you waiting for, yeah. You can put it on a boy, yeah. Every season, they get all changed. Take me out to the bar game. This is what you waiting for, yeah. This is what you waiting for. You can put it on a boy. As always, the show is brought to you by Sports Mockery, sportsmockery.com. Make sure you download the app, turn on push notifications, so you'll be the first to know any and all bears news because we're not going to talk about anything else from now on uh sports mockery sports mockery.com and also brought to you by uncle buds on where are we at now we're at 97 south cicero uh it used to be the old tc's that seems to be how most of the people on the south side know where it's at um food and drink specials every day they got trivia dart leagues uh live music on the weekends bingo on certain nights karaoke there's always something going on at uncle buds uh they got outstanding food uh as someone that has eaten it a bunch and as well as friends have gone on this recommendation from the show and uh i have yet to hear one person say they did not enjoy their experience there uh so make sure you go and check out uncle buds tell them zoe and the crew at pinwheels and ivy sent you and they won't know what you're talking about but it'd be really funny so Uncle Buds, make sure you go and check them out. So I know, Fid, you're only with us here for a limited time, um, but there was a lot of moves that went made. So I kind of wanted to go almost like 
Cubs move, Sox move. Cubs moves, you know what I mean? Just to kind of yeah. intertwine it a little bit. Uh, I'm pulling up the Cubs uh, transaction report here so I can make sure I have all the all the deals in order here. There wasn't really too much. Um, I want to... We're going to wait till Aldo gets here to talk about the candy one because that was the deal he's wanted for a long time. So let's give him a second. And, oh, they used to cater our Christmas party. Good shit. All right. Um, so let's talk about this one to start out with. Uh, I mean, we know what the big, big news is, but they traded Manuel Rodriguez and Adrian Sampson mm-hmm. a few iterations to Tampa. So they already broke the first rule of the trade deadline to Tampa in exchange for a right-handed pitcher named Josh Roberson. You got anything on that kid? Um, getting a devil ray pitcher. Um, he's a 27 year old righty. Um, it's, it's, it's really kind of one of those, I I think maybe an organizational depth move. I mean, it's, it's really, it was like, uh, I think it was Samson Rodriguez and some, uh, international, free agent money. For, yeah. It was future uh, considerations is what, a, what um, the official line is. You know, at Durham triple a this year, he had a four five ERA one, six, six, seven whip. Not great. I'm not a big fan of relievers having a high whip, obviously, because you're playing with fire. He had 43 strikeouts, 22 walks and in 36 innings. He throws hard, but clearly he has some issues, but uh, it sounds like this is one of those um, Cubs, you know, trying to, trying to pull a diamond out of a giant, pile of Jurassic Park poop and see if they can maybe hit gold because they've done it a few times. I mean, they did it with, they have. You know, with Efros last year. I mean, so this guy's a, you know, a guy that I think they really kind of did it twice and, and with, with, with arms of this trade deadline, but this was more of the minor, minor move. This one, this guy is uh, probably still, he's, I mean, he's 27 years old too. So it's, it, I, it was, it was one of those moves where you're like, Oh, okay. And Adrian <laughs> Sampson. Oh, okay. Like, so it really, right. it was it, a meh. Yeah, it was a meh. I mean, Look the big those. move. They did make one. a they did make a decent side move. Again, I want to wait till Aldo gets back because I want you two to give both sides because I know Aldo's oh, sure. a little bit more pumped about that move than you are. Um, oh, but, the other, oh, yeah, oh yeah, the candy move. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but the other thing that I thought was interesting because you know how everybody how we always joke about the pinwheels bump on this show. I mean, it's been an ongoing joke for <laughs> three four years. So, Fids, tell everybody what you told me before the show about the latest and greatest pinwheels bump. I mean, a week ago, or was it a week ago? Yeah. A week ago. Yeah. A week ago tonight, um, we were doing a live playback. So this is, I mean, this is a, this is the pinwheels and Ivy bump. If you want to get this is it. like we're the doing... full, like Hadouken of yeah. a pinwheels bump. Yes. <laughs> Sounds like an Ikea. Um, but yeah, so the Cubs, uh, you know, the Cubs were teeter tottering back and forth by your sellers. Should, are they going to keep everybody? Are they going to trade everybody? Are we going back, you know, third year in a row? And they were down, you know, we're here live on the playback. I mean, the first couple innings took like seven hours. And the oh. game itself probably, I mean, Zoe, actually, his beard grew live if you do a time yeah. lapse. He actually I, went ZZ top style. Yeah. And uh, so when I left, actually, we got on the road. I got, I had to leave. And it was, what, seven to two when I left, I think, or seven to one or something like that. And we, I, I leave, and, and you guys are doing the playback, and, and we're talking about the Cubs. And all of a sudden, on the playback, Cubs make this man, massive comeback. 
you know, a bunch of walks, two things for a couple walks, but yeah, we all saw it, Kev. Get to the yeah. point. So anyway, <laughs> will not be silence. Try to cut off Kevin. A little, a little salt, a little salt in the wound there. But um, I've yeah. been talking this entire time, Zach. Cubs came. No. Tell the story. Tell the story. But yeah, Cubs yeah. came back. Um, they beat the. Uh, they ended up coming back, beating the White Sox. So today, Jed Hoyer. Speaking of that bump, is that Jed Hoyer says that that moment was the actual moment that the Cubs front office decided that they were not going to sell and they were going to go ahead and become actively. In real, you know, in loose terms, buyers on the market, and, and so that is like the ultimate. Pe- the pinwheels bump literally gave the White Sox uh, kind of the dirt. The, they let the dirt shower over them, but it also the pinwheels bump pushed the Cubs into seller or buyer mode, and now the Cubs are looking to try and uh, actually win that divisional title. So, yep, big bump, big bump. I said so it at the end of the playback last week. Go back on YouTube, watch all three and a half hours, like stellar content. Subscribe, watch it, just keep it on. Uh, open multiple tabs and hit play. <laughs> um, Lance Land, beautiful. A thank you, a, a great gift to the Cubs in his last start with the White Sox. The same thing for uh, uh, Joe Kelly. Mm-hmm. Uh, thank you guys for pushing the Cubs into actually trying to win uh, yep. these next two months. Because the biggest move, as we know, Kevin, and we make fun of this whenever every other team does it. But, I mean, there's some truth to it. The, the biggest move the Cubs made was not trading their best player, Cody Bellinger. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's fair. That's very fair because no, I don't think arguably anyone had a better month of July in baseball than Cody Bellinger. He did not. One NL player of the month hit 400, yep. had an OPS close to 1,100. I think yeah, eight or nine home runs. Yeah. The scoreboard yesterday. He had oh. 20, 26 games, 13 multi-hit games, gold glove <laughs> defense at first base and center field. I mean, just incredible. I'm, uh, I'm getting very, very, very close to the level of petty of looking <laughs> up all my tweets saying I want Belger on the White Sox and all the replies that told me he was washed. He was overpriced. You should do that. Herb's been doing it since like yeah. he got on a hot streak in early job in yeah. early July. I, I know I got a lot no of receipts. Quarter. I got a lot of receipts on that one. I don't know. I mean, I'm trying to hold back the pettiness a little bit, but this you one You should just do it. What's I mean, you got um, you're not gonna be watching a lot of Sox games the next two months. <laughs> no, that's that's true. I mean, I I'll power through them. A lot of them I'll just put on in the background, but yeah. Uh, Here's the thing, too. I don't know if you, I mean, although you saw, I'm not sure you, I can't talk. Wow. I'm not sure if you saw um, Jed's interview today. I'm getting a, I'm getting a vibe that I was, I want to play. Jed is going to pop. This could be an extension in season. This will just shatter all of you. Scott Boris doesn't do in season extensions. He's going to shove that extension sideways up your ass like a fungo. Okay. Just in case. It's going to happen. I downloaded it because I wanted, I don't know if Zoe had seen it yet. But for the people coming in right now and seeing this, and again, Jed, he hasn't had the with the core. He, I don't, <laughs> he never talked about any player before mm-hmm. like this. Breaking, this Jed Warrior, Marquee Sports Network talking about Cody Bellinger. Uh, Belly knows how we feel about him. Uh, that's for sure. Um, we've loved having him here, and um, um. I don't comment on negotiations in season, um, but I would, I would say that he knows how he knows how we feel about him. He's been been wonderful, and um, it's been a I think it's been a really good really good fit. 
Oh, and the eyebrows it's too. The old... That's no, all. Give me another hand towel. Wear his smile since he got uh, promoted to president. <laughs> yep. Because yeah, he got was... one right. Yeah, was... well, you got to be right too. <laughs> and uh, uh, shout out to our guy uh, on Twitter at uh, Ivy Futures, Greg uh, Zumak. He's the one who tweeted out in the morning. Went, uh, you know, went all over on Twitter. I'm not going to call it X. Um, no, I will. No, no, it's just the tone. The tone that Jed <laughs> yeah, Hoyer talked. One hundred percent. The tone that he spoke in about Cody Bellinger, and you know we've been through it with Chris Bryant, Anthony Rizzo, Baez, Contreras. He, at no point did he ever sound that enthusiastic. No, I. We're talking about negotiate like contracts or future stuff with those players, as he did with Cody well, Bellinger. Right there. Bellinger's option for next year is what twenty four mil. Twenty five, yeah, but he's these. He's know, turning that I down. Know. He's, He's turning that down one hundred percent. But they but, could do they could do like an extension, like, hey, bam, you got twenty five, and then we'll plop on five more years. Yep. And then they can also plop it like they could actually, yeah, they'll make it work over so, the course. So of- w- because of that option, I think the Cubs have right before free agency. So free agency is right after the World Series, right? But they have like that. They have like a three or five day window exclusive rights to negotiate. Yes. I think. Yes. So. It'll and again, Kevin, we you have been on the K. Hey, Scott Porras, he's the boogeyman. There had I, I think again, I think Strasburg is the only guy who signed for more than a hundred million uh, as an extension. But yep. it, it's not impossible. Like that doesn't mean that you don't talk to him. That doesn't mean that you don't be like, hey, you, I, I we know you have a number. Mm-hmm. What's the number? At least <laughs> get get stuff talking right now. Yeah, the thing yeah. that these guys don't have a number is like stupidly naive. Like yeah. they, they have, have a they know. You know, Bor- so Boris already knew since last offseason. All right, if Bellinger is back, if he looks like a star again, I know, I know what the range is going to be. Yep. And if Jed's willing, I mean, honestly, and, and I think this could be the. I mean, there's such a big groundswell, and there's been a lot of criticism with the, like the front office and everything. This would be one of those moves that it's like probably one of the biggest olive branches, if not the biggest olive branch since the 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 fire sale of the core. This would be like hell yeah we're 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 here and you know some of these minor moves I mean even like the Seiya Suzuki contract and the Stroman con- they're not like blockbuster deals and so for the Cubs to go in and do a blockbuster deal and 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 lock him up and and show the Cub fans that they're serious I mean Dansby Swanson is probably the biggest blockbuster trade and and I think Bellinger's going to get more because he does um, both. I mean, he's a d- defensive on the yeah. same level as Swanson, but he's an absolutely much better so, hitter. I think down. the one comparison that I saw, because he plays center field, good hitter, consistent. Uh, George Springer, a few years ago, got, what, five for 150 from the Blue Jays. He was a little older, though. I think he was already 30. Bellinger's, what was Bellinger, like 28? 28. So, 28. but I mean, I think that's a comparable 29. contract Uh-oh, where you get, no. like, what happened? <laughs> I'm looking at the Bellinger receipts. Oh, oh no. Oh, Beef- are there familiar names? I don't want to do this to the beef loaf. I don't <laughs> want to do this to the beef loaf. He knows Bellinger stinks. Oh. <laughs> oh, nah. Hey, no. man. Beef loaf, we, we can't hey, get him all right. Well, hey, right. Hold on. He thought Bellinger stinks, so maybe this bodes well for Andrew Vaughn. Yeah. Perhaps, perhaps the analysis is paralysis I was, here. I was really big on trading Kimbrel to the Dodgers for Bellinger. Yep. Yeah. Oh yeah, you well, were. I mean, and so Jock, he was like your other Thirty million a year for like six years. 
Mm, yeah, we had Bellinger in our offseason plan because Josh Nelson was tweeting about it November 4th. Oh, morale. Cubs take the lead. <laughs> Let me just talk about the Cubs because I haven't been this fucking happy since like <laughs> 2020 was bullshit. Even, that didn't even matter. Oh, the, no. The, the resilience. Oh, that's team. a highlight. God dang it. I looked down. Oh, that's not real. Kevin, it's still know. fine. They're still battling back. He's the resiliency to, in this team. And and Kevin, uh, you, you were talking about it, the 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 game that made Jed Hoyer in the front office be like, "All right, let's let's move to this direction." In July, they get they've been going down, which has been annoying. The starting pitching has been brutal. Oh no! The offense does not quit. It has not quit. Even on Monday, they they were down. They lost to the Reds six to five. They were down five to one. They made it a game. They they got Is within there- one. They had a few chances in the last few innings. They're they don't go away. Wasn't there a game earlier in the season where they were down like seven or eight in like well, that, the first? That was back season? in April uh, yeah. against the Mariners. Yeah, they've been doing uh, it all down year. Seven zero, and then Nelson Velasquez, who just got traded away uh, on Monday, he had a grand slam. Yep. And the Cubs ended up winning in a blowout, oh. thirteen to eight. But yeah, no, the uh, the Cubs. I mean, I don't know how much I've missed the first part. Uh, Streamyard trying to trying to silence us now. Um, we will fight. Uh, the can't I know and I I know I was a little harsh on you, Kevin, and uh, you talking about the the trade deadline. I mean, you're you're not the only one. And honestly, I think we have like similar. I think we have similar thoughts on what the Cubs did at the trade deadline. Carry ball, carry but ball. Maybe just carry ball, but just Off maybe different uh, different re, like immediate or passionate reactions towards it. Like I do, lo- obviously love the Candelario trade, but yes, I was expecting more. I was expecting them to get a, a relief arm. Because they need it, mm-hmm. um, and honestly, right now the way it's looking, m- maybe like a starting pitcher too. But I mean, going back to when we're talking about expectations for this year, I mean, this is kind of this is kind of what what it was going to be. It was going to be a team that was going to be around five hundred in a weak division. Uh, it turns out that the National League was a lot weaker than I thought, at least. Uh, with a couple teams uh, underperforming, like the Mets, who sold off, the Padres, who are still trying to get to 500. But, I mean, they, like Mitch said, and uh, go check out Mitch's uh, shorter podcast that's that's mm-hmm. out too. Cubs played themselves right into actually contending, actually trying to win, which, I mean, that's that's what we want. <laughs> that, that's what we want from our teams, try, try to actually win. They didn't go all in, and I don't. this isn't the 2016 Cubs. This isn't a a one move away from a World Series team. So I don't I don't mind them not going and pushing all their chips in yet because some of those players probably weren't available. I mean, what, what, who were the big names that – who were the big names that were traded? It was guys who were old as hell making $40 million. Like, we didn't see another Juan Soto trade. Like, no. Dylan Cease, the Sox were trying, but the, the, the Orioles didn't want to pay up for Dylan Cease. Bednar, the closer for the Pirates, he's under control – so like that's why he was going to be expensive, and he's been a Oop. stud. Nobody wanted to trade for him. Like all these guys, it was mostly rental guys that were traded at the deadline. Yep. yep. And and Which, the thing we we oh and, and we t- we haven't gotten it. We we really haven't talked much about the trades. By the way, we were just talking about Robertson, the the Robertson trade. Yeah. At this point. Oh, okay. But you actually make you know a good point is is that you know the deadline you know you we talked about it in there the Cubs I, mean, I even put a poll up. Is is you know because I have a good friend, love him to death. I really do. 
Although I like to like fucking bitch and moan about because he's no, that, that's a good friendship. When real, you guys can go at each other. That's that's good. Let's, let's, let's be honest. He's the real director of morale for Cubs uh, for Cubs fans. The other ones quit. The Dom has quit on the Cubs like twenty five times in the last like thirty days. Real nice morale guy. Isn't uh, his tagline not going anywhere? Yeah, he went away. He went away every fucking time. So the real director is Justin Roman. I love him to death. Roman every single time. Like yesterday. Patrick Wisdom hits a home run off of a position player. Patrick Wisdom, I never gave up on you. Like I can't, I can't tell if he's joking or not half the time. But you know, he believes that this is more than enough to win the NL Central. He is so in on it and positive. Now, for me, I think this is probably enough. What the Cubs have done, I don't think it. I, I don't think it was not enough. Um, but I do think it was probably enough. Here's the problem that we have, and I, I, I don't. This is something the Sox fans are very familiar with. It's the Reinsdorf uh, approach, which is. Hope for health because you have no depth. And Cubs lose a guy, that's it. They didn't do enough where you look at the Dodgers. They went out and got two shortstops. Two shortstops, just in case. They're not messing around. And the Cubs got just enough that if everybody, fingers crossed, everything flies their way, boom. You know, nobody gets hurt, then you got it. But if someone gets hurt, you know, it's going to be a problem again. So, but... You know, like we started with the Robertson trade, that was kind of a non-move the needle kind of thing. Um, guys got some serious command issues, but that's where we're kind of at now. By the way, Cubs have tied it five to mm-hmm. five. If Correct. you guys are watching live or on the podcast, RBI so, ground out tied it from Cody Bellinger. So although we decided we were going to go Cubs, Sox, Cubs, Sox, Cubs, Sox with regards to talking right. about the deals, so. We saved the candy deal for you because I want to hear you guys talk about that. But going to the the next the next deal, because probably during that same exact game where the Cubs decided like, hey, shit, we can do this. We're going to be buyers. Probably the same time where Rick Hahn was like, well, shit. All right. We're going to have to start this over again. Well, he, he had he already had Lucas in L.A. Yeah, I mean, it was it was like ten minutes was, after we was, went off. Yeah, it was after the game because we said Lucas looked like he already had his suitcase packed. Oh, you called it! Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You called it. <laughs> so after that game, um, the White Sox <laughs> traded Lucas Giolito and Ronaldo Lopez, which I didn't really see the Raylo thing coming, but it made sense. Another two agent. two Anaheim or sorry, Los Angeles. Uh, the Angels for Kai Bush, a left-handed pitcher, and Edgar Quiro. Uh, Edgar's the big prize here. Uh, Kai has had some issues with control, um, but if you look right here, at the updated top 15, uh, right away, Edgar goes to uh, the White Sox number two prospect. Now, that's this is the MLB.com rankings, uh, where Kai's now number seven for the White Sox. But if you go to Fangraphs, where they're a little bit more analytical, um, some people put a little bit more stock into that. They have Edgar as the White Sox number three prospect, and they have Kai Bush all the way down at 15. Um, still, you know, you're getting good prospects back for expiring contracts, which if you held a gun in my head and said you have to say one thing that Rick Hahn's good at, that's what Rick Hahn's good at. And, and um, by the way, not only – I mean, on the surface, that you, you knew you were going to get at something right. decent for Giolito, but I think it was, it was pretty much 
uh, unanimous that everyone thought this was a huge overpay for the Angels. They're like, wait, you're giving up your your one of your top hundreds for yeah. a rental guy? And it felt like it. And, and after the trade deadline, they updated like all of the farm system rankings. And just by giving up those two players who were probably their arguably their best two prospects, the Angels are now the second worst farm system in baseball. <laughs> Yeah, I think they they were already bottom five. But yeah, yeah, they lost but, one of their two elite. Yes, <laughs> and so for those of you who aren't familiar, which I'm pretty sure any White Sox fan is now, um, Edgar Claro, he is very young. He uh, is 20 years old. Uh, short guy, 5'11", 170 pounds. But the big things here is he's a switch hitter. Um, he's got a pretty good arm. The thing that is somewhat concerning is he became a catcher in 2019. So he's got a lot to learn still uh, defensively um, decent bat. You know, he can run, which is for white Sox catchers is already a, a leg up on the competition, but he's it's, the I big mean, prize here. They, his ETA to the major leagues is 2025. Um, and then something that I don't think a lot of people have been bringing up is one of the things that us as White Sox fans, we always joke about, but it's a very real thing is the Cuban pipeline. Eggers from Cuba. Um, so probably, like, probably had him scouted like five years ago. <laughs> without a doubt. I mean, so he, like I said, he's a switch hitter. The left side of the plate is definitely his more power side, which the White Sox could always use a lefty bat. Um, the other big thing with him that I like, uh, he's very disciplined. Takes a lot of walks. Yeah. Which again, I think he had more. He had more walks than strikeouts. Yes, and so this is why switch hitting catcher, not the greatest defensively. Left side is power side, discipline at the plate. Who does that sound like? That sounds like he has money ground up. Well, yeah. Hmm? Well, I was gonna say your original Faster. description of him. <laughs> yes. Um, your original description of him uh, picking up the catching late uh, and having decent speed as a catcher, not yeah. a switch hitter, but it kind of reminded me of uh, a little bit of Wilson Contreras, who yeah. picked, he started as an infielder. I think he was playing third base. And then one mm -hmm. of the coaches is like, hey, dude, want to catch? And then he just mm -hmm. started catching like back in, I mean, it was like in the 2010s. Yep. So um, got a, he's got a yeah. 50 grade arm. So he's got a pretty decent arm, you know, not a cannon like the other catcher we're going to talk about in a little bit. But he is without a doubt a project. Yes. That's why the I think the ETA of 2025 is generous. I, um, I do want to add uh, one thing about that. Uh, you said he's young. 20, he's 20 years old. He's already at double A. Um, right. I saw, oh, I saw some too. people saying that was a, may have been a little too aggressive from the Angels to yes. get him up to double A, which it is. I mean, they, they can't they can't all be 20 year old studs at double A like Owen Casey, Kevin. Uh, right. Yeah, I mean, Right. I, mean, correct. I was thinking Juan Soto, but <laughs> yes, yeah. Well, I mean, Juan Soto just yeah, he was he was doing that at MLB. <laughs> yeah, but uh, th that's because I think uh, you know pe people point to his numbers. They're like, oh, like we're getting excited over a guy with like a 700 OPS at Double A. I mean, he's right. facing guys who are like two, three years older than him. So yeah. give give that dude uh, some time to breathe there. Yeah. You know what I like too about him though is that not obviously the switch hitter part is obviously. 
it's super valuable. Very much it's, so. You bring it up is the fact that he's got low mileage. He hasn't been a catcher very long. Like, so he's going to have that lower body health that that's a good way to look at you it. Don't get, that you don't get from, you know, so the inexperience is one part you trade, but you also have someone that has a physically uh, healthier body. He hasn't taken the kind of damage that a lot of these guys that have been like lifelong catchers have taken, you know, so that's a good thing for him. And that said, you know, CBS, uh, CBS, I think his name is um, RJ Anderson. Uh, CBS did the top 15 prospect trades uh, of this trade deadline. And, and he came in as the best get of any team at the trade deadline when it came to prospects. So there's a lot of uh, uh, complimentary stuff about him uh, that, uh, that the, the White Sox really got a, uh, uh, a good, a good deal here. I know it came up as a massive overpay on that one site that does like trade value, uh, massive overpay for the angels. Mm-hmm. And then, well, and then the other part of the deal was again, Kai Bush, uh, 23 year old, six, six, 240 pounds. He's a lefty White Sox have no lefty pitcher, but the problem with this kid is control, man, which you can work on control. You can fix control. Uh, his fastball tops out about 97. His best pitch is a low 80 slider that has pretty good depth and a fading mid 80s changeup. But he's a polished left-handed arm. Uh, he's definitely struggling at the time of the trade. Like he's not having the season that he expected to. But I feel like the bones are there. And and I know I'm expecting a lot out of the White Sox to you know develop a player. But uh, it's not. It's not the centerpiece for the trade. Obviously, the the big thing was the catcher, yeah. but um, he's a throw-in where they might be able to squeeze something out of him. Can we put a moratorium on the KY jokes, though? Like, I'm like already over it. Like, I, I think every single thing KY. I'm like, oh, that's you know, like, this guy's never heard that joke with the name Kai. He's probably like, oh, it's like Fiddler. is that, um, is that by the oh. way? Is that just is it just Kai? Is it not short for anything? It's just everything I've seen. Tyler, just Kai. Just Kai? Okay, I kind of like it. I kind of, you know, you know me. I'm a big name guy. I like it. Yep. Different. And the other thing too is he had a a lat injury, so yes. he's he's Those coming back. Yeah, yes. especially for a pitcher. So he's coming back from that. Uh, they have his ETA is next year, but I think this is a guy you kind of. Oh, it's Kyler. Kyler Spencer Bush. Oh, oh like it lot. Well, reminds me of Skyler. Yeah, and I don't. Sorry. Like it. Yeah, she's sorry. Sorry. All right, just just focus KB's, on KB's uh, son's name that was born on my same birthday. But Shout out so <laughs> for the big difference, though, like MLB has him as the White Sox seventh best prospect, but if you go over to Fangraphs, they got him all the way down at it's, fifteen. It's and they so have, great. And they that have is his the ETA one thing. At, and they That's have the one thing I noticed. All these trades, man. Twenty twenty five. Fangraph does all these. Like, there's so many. I mean, I. Shout out to the guys, but I don't pay for Baseball America. I know those are probably the most updated. Mm-hmm. But just between Fangraphs and MLB Pipeline, MLB Pipeline does update their top 100 list at least frequently yes. throughout the season. But they don't really. I feel like they're they're lacking on like individual uh, team top 30 list. However, it's just crazy though the disparity that you see in some of these, oh, it's, and it's a good it's reminder. I do like it though because it's a good reminder that at the end of the day, these are just. These are just rankings. They're just yep. opinions of scouts, mm-hmm. a combination yep. of people. You still got to see what they do on the field over time. It takes time for these dudes. And that's really going to be, I know White Sox do not want to hear this. No. Well, after what, what they were promised for the past, well, what was supposed to be this year included. 
but you guys are just gonna have to be patient with some of these prospects. Yeah, I mean, and wait it out, man. The, the difference between this time and last time, though, is we all know that. Like, I think yeah. more White yeah. Sox fans are like, "All right, well." And the thing that I thought was stupid, you know, I'm trying to be optimistic about this, and you know, they weren't gonna resign Giolito, so they got something for nothing there. Raylo, they might have resigned, but if you need to throw them in to get, you know, a top 100 prospect, then you yeah. do that. Um, good for Raylo too. His first outing with the Angels, he's out there throwing in the hundreds, yeah. striking out Ronald Acuna and shit. Oh, he's been fantastic. I mean, we don't need to talk about uh, Giolito's first two shot starts with the Angels, but uh, not good. Um, Especially. Uh, but I'm trying to be like up about, you know, I, I'm switch hitting catcher. I'm like, okay, here we go. Top 100, blah, blah, blah. The first four fucking replies I get to my tweet, like trying to be up to yeah, well, Yoan Moncada was the number two prospect. It's like, oh, my God. Now, how I, many World Series can you win with prospect rankings, really? That, I mean, that, that. that's the thing. I, we, and so I love you for it because you are a guy who tries to look at the positive in every situation. And yep. God bless you because, man, the Sox have you put you through the ringer <laughs> they really the past have. few years. But, like, it, I can't really blame the replies. I cannot I, no, blame the replies. I get where it's coming from, but – even uh, one of Gian's kids, I don't know who runs the Gian's baseball account, uh-huh. but he's like, prospect rankings don't mean shit. And I was like, you're right. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not going to argue that. I'm also not going to argue that the White Sox exactly don't have a glowing fucking history of developing players. But, I mean, I love this sport, and this is my team, so I'm going to choose yeah. not to be miserable. So I'm going to try to be a little bit more upside about a lot of this shit. And you know, that's just kind of the way that I like to go about things. And I mean, if you mm-hmm. want to be fucking doom and gloom about this, I don't understand that. It really just doesn't make sense to me because you're going to be disappointed a lot more than you think if that's Have the way you're you approaching. Guys, touched on. Are we going to go? I'm sorry. Are we going to go? Yeah. Uh, no. Now we're going to go. Can, now we're going to go Candelario because okay. I wanted to save that one for when you got back. So yeah. the big trade that the the Cubs made was they got basically utility uh, infielder Yemara Candelario. Yeah. And cash cash considerations from the Nationals for uh, DJ Hers, uh, minor league in for Kevin Made. Um, yeah, I mean, I was so that, I mean, I, that was we your were, guy, that's who you wanted. Uh, yes, Cubs just took the lead, by the Cubs way. Just took the lead. Cubs are fucking real. Um, I mean, uh, we were chatting all day, uh, the on Tuesday, the trade deadline day, mm-hmm. and there was a second. Because I was telling you guys, the, the prospect guys, shout out to our, uh, the, the Grays. We've had uh, Greg Huss on before. He tweeted out, I feel hurt or something like that. Greg Zumek tweeted out. He's like, man, 2022 is really sad. 2023 me is, you know, feeling happy. And, like, that's around the time that we knew that they were going to be pushing for Candelario. But I, I do have to say, and, like, I know I'm not, like, the most in-depth knowledge of the Cup system, but I do I, – feel like I have a okay uh, understanding of some of the guys. When I saw the trade, and it was DJ Hers and Kevin Maday. Kevin Maday, by the way, I love his defense. Dude's still only 20 years old, but he's, he's, he can't hit at all yet. <laughs> um, I was like, oh, that that's it? That's oh, it. Okay. Yeah. It, it, all right. Yeah. I'll, yes, I'll take that. Okay. Because, and, it's, and the main reason is because, I mean, we can head over to the Fangraphs thing. The Cubs farm system is loaded with the guys just like that. Like them losing a like potential 
left-handed uh, pitcher and like a maybe future backup middle infielder, they have like 10, 10 of each right now yeah. in their system. So it, it, they barely took a hit depth wise. And if anything, it didn't even matter. They went from like number three ranked, uh, like late last week to number two. Yeah. Like the, the farm system is, is healthy. It is strong right now. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I, I totally, I love the trade. They, they filled their biggest need on offense. Unfortunately, it did come at the price of having to release, uh, Mitch's favorite player ever and Trey Mancini. <laughs> Um, but that's what that's what teams who are serious about winning have to do. You have yep. to cut the fat. They did it with Hosmer back. As a guy, I hey, I'll admit when uh, you know the team goes against what uh, I feel they should do, I thought Matt Mervis should have been given a shot. But if he wasn't, is because you were going to replace Trey Mancini with someone better, and they did. They got mm-hmm. the top rental guy, guy who plays third base, first base, can DH obviously, uh, switch hitter. Uh, he's been crushing right-handed pitching this year, uh, and then overall in his career, he's pretty decent against both. Uh, and also, he's probably he's he's a guy who loves the environment. He he was briefly up with the Cubs back in 2016 and 2017 before he was traded to the Tigers. Maybe maybe you get him to resign afterwards. Um, but yeah, that's, you guys are doing love the Cubs trade. updates. Marcus Simeon just hit a two-run homer. Uh, the Rangers are winning two to nothing. I mean, I'm sorry, eleven and nothing. Oh, it was yeah. Yeah, it's funny too. And you know, one thing you know, you talk about this is there's a there's a couple like weird storylines that go along with this too, Aldo. And I'm sure we've talked about it a little bit in our chat. First off, like again, just to be, I mean, the 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 Mancini, you know, you really almost can't compare the Mancini and Hosmer thing because Hosmer was like a seven thousand hundred hundred thousand dollar cut. Mancini was millions and millions of dollars in in salary. Seven million. (laughs) <laughs> that they're, they're, they're giving up to clear that space. And another part about this, and Candelario, again, he's a rental. Uh, they didn't give up much. It, it, you know, he guys had a great season. This is by far he's having his career year. He's a former Cub that was, what, traded to the Tigers, I believe, right? Yeah. Um, the Cubs traded him away, and now they're trading him back for him, which is kind of a cool thing. He also story. really fucked up the White Sox when he was on the, the Tigers. Tigers. <laughs> he always had good games against the White Sox. But this is a little cool little story. This, this, I mean, this, I hope makes Zoe happy too, because it makes me ex- extraordinarily happy is that with the addition of Candelario and the removal of Trey Mancini, it also signals that the Chicago front office truly, truly, truly does believe in Nick Madrigal. Nick Madrigal has been excellent as long as he's been healthy. Candelario is going to be playing first a lot. He's playing third tonight, but they, obviously they're doing some matchup stuff because they put Seah's goose egg back in the lineup. Um, but now all of a sudden we're seeing Nick Madrigal do what Nick Magic? I mean, he's a okay major league player. Like he's not gonna, he's not a oh, superstar, yeah. but he's doing the Nick Magical things that have been expected. It just seems like all these things fall into place. That makes me like that gave me great joy because when they said that Candelario is primarily going to play first base for the Cubs, it's not because Patrick Wisdom, Patrick. It's it, it's because Nick Magical is playing fantastic defense. The dude was made fun of. Why is this idiot over there playing third base? I mean, God, if you look at Twitter back when they first announced, look at the tweet when they were talking about the first time someone you know broke that he was working at third base and the jokes and the and the and the vitriol and and all the hate that that guy gets and wears. He's been fantastic over there. Yeah, maybe a couple of higher line drives get over his little you know wicket the Ewok body, but God, he's been to his left. His footwork has been incredibly good. You know, he's got, he's like a hummingbird. His footwork is so quick that he gets around. He eliminates some of that distance. Um, he's even made a couple of really, that play he made down the line, diving down the line. Now, did you think that Nick Madrigal could make a play like that, diving on a backhand dive and still throwing across the diamond? 
I'll be at a long hop. I didn't get the guy out at first. I didn't think he had the arm. <laughs> what? Well, okay, and that's what I was gonna say. And sh- I was uh, I was looking back because I was trying to make sure I get the name. Shout out to Wayne, who you know a few weeks ago, Fangraphs wrote about you know Nick Madrew at third base, how how he's positioned, how he does play in more compared to the normal third baseman because yes, he doesn't have as strong as arm, but it's been strong enough. And uh, I mean, yeah, I was one of those guys who, and again, it wasn't so much the fielding. It was, it was always the arm is like, is mm-hmm. he going to have the arm to play third base? But the way I've never had a doubt that he was going to be a solid defender, but I mean, he's exceeded the, even those expectations. He's been really damn good at third base. And like you said, Kevin, it's just great for a guy who, you know, back in May, he is he, at the plate at least. Cause again, the defense did stay consistent. Even when he was struggling at the plate, he was down bad. He was yep. it was back to the weak ground balls, and then he got uh got sent down to AAA. Got mm-hmm. hot. Got hurt. Got got the boy. Got hot first. Got called up. Was hot for a month, and then got hurt. Sad. And that that's still the one thing, at least not for this year, because I I hopefully knock on wood that nothing else goes down injury wise. But long term, that is the one still little mm-hmm. question mark in the back of my head is. Mm-hmm. Can you rely rely on a guy consistently to be on your roster who's consistently getting injured year in, year out? But we'll worry about that in the offseason. So here's something I can't I, – I, I'm not going to have time to pull it up, but I am really curious because I know that they were playing – since Nick Magical's call-up, the Cubs have a very good record. Uh, I, I, I know that there was a really good record when he got called. I think they were like 10-2 and two in his first 12 games after him being called up. I know he got hurt again. But, I, I mean, obviously, if you put that together with the July that the Cubs had, especially, you know, you're looking at it. I mean, there's a lot of weird working parts in this thing. This this whole thing, I mean, the Cubs are putting beating the shit out of the Reds now. They're absolutely putting it on them now. Um, it's, what, 8-2? to 8-5 eight, eight, now? 8-5? Being down uh, early. So, but this is just, this is, again, this team is such a weird, this is a lightning in a bottle feeling. I mean, it really does. There's chemistry. Um, and it we took talk- a while. It yep. took a while, and they're not as good as this team that I'm going to say, but it's still getting the – you're getting the Mike Talkman career <laughs> year out of nowhere. You're getting yep. some of the stars playing well. And I said it back uh, in April and, you know, had to took some shit in May when they were playing like garbage. But it does feel like that 2015 squad where it's yep. like you have a mix of a couple veterans, a couple young guys, a couple journeyman yep. guys coming in, kind of getting it all together, and you're, you're – you're seeing a great offense right now that is hitting on all cylinders. You know, and this is what we've asked for as Cub fans. We've gone, you know, there's been some, obviously we've been pessimistic for a bit and I'm very hard, you know, on jet again. I just, for, for me, I do, uh, I don't, I'm, you know, are the Cubs good enough to win the world series? I mean, anything can happen if you're in the postseason, right? Braves did, you know, people made fun of the, the, when we, someone used that Braves, uh, that Braves, you know, the Braves were two games under 500 at this date. You know, the Cardinals were, how many games under five, you know, they were under 500, you know, two years ago or whatever it was, or three years ago. And, and they come out and they you know, make the playoffs. So there's a lot of cool little narratives you can compare to because people didn't believe that the fact that, you know, this is the weird part about baseball is teams catch fire and just weird shit happens. And that's the beautiful aspect of this game. Um, you know, you got a team like the Reds that were, nobody had the Reds anywhere near first place playing out of their ass. Hopefully they fall off now, but now you got the Cubs coming back and doing this stuff too. This is, this is, exciting shit and then you know now it is though the please god don't get hurt um and uh ride you know ride ride it ride the horse till she bucks you i mean this 
this does help. But but also, you know, on a side note, let's we'll throw a little bit of logic out there. I still do believe that this is uh, uh, this gives Jed Hoyer an out because he didn't make a lot of moves. He made really, in essence, made two moves, three if you count the Robertson thing, which is like not much of a move. And now, you know, the, if it doesn't pan out for the Cubs, guys get hurt and they don't get, get the job done. He can sit back and say, well, look, I tried. And there's a lot of people that say, because I saw a, one one story called this aggressive, jet, oh, aggressively during free agency or during the trade. I don't trade. think it was aggressive. No, that's not aggressive. And then I love, uh, what's his name from The Athletic? But I'm like, bro, Sad. that's uh, this is uh, aggressive? Oh, I hate to, if someone really was aggressive. You know, aggressive is the Dodger, the Rangers, that's aggressive. Um, so the range, yeah, the range. That's one the, the one puppy didn't want to hear your shit anymore, but this guy stuck around. <laughs> hey, buddy, <laughs> you hear that? I, 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 and then just to add on to the adding, adding on offense and the Cubs, how they're going, and why they are, have been playing well, and it does go back what they've missing, what they've been looking for, and what you've said, Kevin, um, that the hope was when you sign a guy like Cody Bellinger, who's was injured had a couple rough years, is that he is the star. He is the star that you've been looking for. He's been playing like a star. He crushes fucking baseballs, man. And that's what makes a team like go. It, Mitch mentioned it, how, okay, was Jose Abreu perfect? No. Nope. But you can like count on Jose Abreu for, at times, to put, come up with big hits. He oh, was your yes. star hitter. He was your guy that, that, you know, big spot, you want him up. And that's what that's what Cody Bunder is right now for the Cubs. Yep. The Cubs have been rolling since Ju- uh, you mentioned it uh, with Nick Magical. Yeah, I mean, since the beginning of June, he came up June 9th against San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Cubs have been playing like, you know, 15 games above 500 or close to that since. You know, here this thing, too, is and this is what you, you know, for like great 10, players, 10 games above 500. Great players, right? Superstars, right? You know, Cubs have had a core of great players, you know, before. We've seen this, right? But here's another thing that people are seeing now, and, and they're experiencing this, is that when you have a superstar, great players, really great players that lead, at, you know, that are all overall uber valuable, they don't just raise their level of game. It's not just about their own game. Everybody around them rallies and starts playing. And, 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 it, and it just it, it's almost like the rising temperature. It just continues to build and build. And players that are around this guy, it's almost like it's like, touching like the cloak of jesus right you're like oh i've got special powers now too i believe i can do this ah and all of a sudden these guys are out there and then it plays it's a game of top this and it just uh, compiles it's one after another and it's like let's keep going and everybody it's just one good thing begets another good thing you might have a really rough moment but then it just keeps pushing forward and another good thing and that's what cody bellinger's brought to the cubs is like who doesn't like to hit a guy see a guy hit a ball off the scoreboard in a big moment against a team that's in first place in a huge series in the middle of you know beginning of august that stuff raises the adrenaline level, and these guys show up to the ballpark believing they can win because they are going to fight behind their superstar. And that, you know, Dansby Swanson, another really great locker room personality. These guys really are rallying around the leadership in the clubhouse, and they believe. And if they believe, it doesn't matter what fans say. If that clubhouse believes, they're going to play believe yeah. baseball. And that's the other name. I know we're having a Cody Bellinger love fest right now, uh, but you bring up Dansby Swanson. That's another guy who I think right now he's – he is the top, or he's the most valuable shortstop in the National League, and I think he's only second in baseball behind uh, Wander Franco for the Tampa Bay Rays. So he's another guy who maybe he's not superstar level, but he's getting close to like. So he's a star every, player for the country. every good team, like World Series, good team, whatever. You have to have at least two or three guys that when they come up to the plate, 
It's like stop doing what you've got, what you're doing, and watch this head bat. Yep. And that's what Jose Abreu used to be with men on base. That's what Mitch was talking about. Like he wasn't like crazy, but if there was a guy on second and Jose was up, you stopped what you were doing because there's a good chance he's knocking that guy in. And I feel like right now, just as from the other side of the fence watching that Cubs Sox series, every time Dansby came up or any time Cody came up, it was like, oh shit. You know what I mean? It's just like, yeah, those are the guys too that were the batters up and you know that this guy's like in the hole and you're like, all right, so we got to get this guy here and move this because we want him leading off the inning. We don't want him up with guys on base. Like, that's a reality right now for the Cubs. And I think that's that should show you a sign of, you know, where the team can go. And hmm. one last thing. Nico, too. Good. Yeah, Drew. Nico, Nico too. Once we, uh, before we go back to the Sox talk here, I swear to God, David Ross, please just have, just have Cody Blanchard three, Danzy Swanson four. You're good, yep. dude. I don't no, no one's that's gonna so hard. Just do that. It's not good that lineup. hard, man. Tonight's such a good lineup. It is not that hard. <laughs> I don't get why it's so hard for him to do that. Like I, not even I a, hope, like a big Cubs fan, but I already. That, that's the thing with the Candelario. I hope because again, another thing that we can uh, go off on right now is that Seiya Suzuki is basically in the Trey Mancini slot now, where he's going to get platooned. Mike Talkman has been out of his mind this year. Yep. That's another thing World Series teams have is <laughs> he, that guy no one's heard of playing out of his mind. Uh, shout out to uh, on, on Twitter, at uh, DWest uh, underscore. He brought a, a great comparison. It goes back to the 2015, 2016 teams. It's like Chris Chris Coughlin. Yep. Like left-handed hitter, solid like solid defense. And I think Mike Talkman's a, a, a better but just solid approaches at the play, works deep counts, a little bit of pop. I mean, he has six home runs. Say Suzuki has eight. Um, just a solid ball player there that's contributing in big ways. I mean, he's been he's been leading off for the past two months most of the time. And he's gonna get a lot more starts in right field now. With if with Say Suzuki keeps Say Suzuki right now is basically played himself into a platoon only starting against left-handed uh starting pitching. I love Suzuki. I was hyped about him when, when they got him, but he's been he's been disappointing. I mean, he's been disappointing. There's no way around that. The power hasn't been there. Cubs have to go with their best players, and right now, against right-handed pitching, at least we're gonna. I think we should be seeing a lot more of Mike Talkman in uh, in right field. I'm pretty sure when you guys started this conversation, say I hit an RBI single. It's it's but... ten to five. It's ten to five. They just made an error. Well, uh, I think yeah. I think it was ten. To, I think it was five to four when we started talking, or five to five. It was tied, and now it, it's And I mean, we'll get to it after this next trade, but it's rough for me as someone that started paying attention to the Reds a little bit more because of like uh, La De La Cruz and all the young great players they got right there to watch them not go out and get a starter at the trade deadline. Yes, yep. and then the next two games they have, they just get absolutely shelled. And yeah. not only that, because they didn't get any other good depth on on Monday's game, their starter didn't go that deep. So they had right. the they had to use all their good relievers, and the Cubs, you know, made them work. So because of that, on Tuesday, Ben Lively, no relation to Blake, I looked it up. I was <laughs> that dude just had to eat it. He 13 earned runs Ooh. because, yep. and like you know what piece. he got, Zoe? He's like, Hey, man, you're going back to you're going to the IL. Your, your, your peck hurts. Oh, <laughs> oh, he got one of those. Uh, yeah. Like, Hey, man, your back hurts. No, it doesn't. Your back hurts. Your, your neck hurts. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, Yeah, you got a sore peck, buddy. You, you yep. threw a lot last night. 
Your yep. your chest hurts. <laughs> hey, Jens, I, gotta, I gotta dip out now. I gotta right. I gotta get going. But well, I'm gonna end on the optimism. But go Later, Cuts, go. Feds. All right, guys. We'll see you guys next week. Yep. Um. So the next White Sox trade. This dog is cracking me up right now. The next White Sox trade. Um. You know, after kind of the smoke cleared, everyone Lucas. Everybody knew Lucas was going. Uh. Again, Raylo was a little questionable, but then on the 28th. The White Sox traded away the big homie, Lance Lynn, and then Joe Kelly, who Joe Kelly is 1,000% that guy that you love him on your team, but you just hate when you're playing against him, uh, to the Dodgers. Uh, and they picked up uh, Nick Nestrini, Jordan Leisure, and poof, he's coming home, baby, Trace Thompson. Uh has Trace Thompson even been assigned to any team, or is he hurt? He's hurt. Uh, oh, actually, okay. I was just seeing that they can uh, reinstate him tomorrow, actually. Okay. So the big get here is Nick Nistrini. Uh He's a right-handed player, right-handed pitcher in AA, 23 years old, 6'3". Um, this was the one where people were like, oh, okay. I can't believe the Dodgers kind of gave this guy up. Mm-hmm. Um, he throws gas. Uh, you, the White Sox have a very long history of, oh, you throw hard? We'll find a spot for you. <laughs> um, but he worked with, he had like a, he topped out at like 94 in college, but in the minor leagues, he's getting up to, he's sitting between 96 and 98. He's got a good slider uh, with a high spin rate. Uh, and he also has a curveball and a changeup, but his ETA up in the show is 2024. So this is a guy that we can have, you can see for the White Sox. Um, Fangrass has him as White Sox now fifth best prospect, and so does MLB.com. So he's definitely sitting right in there. That's the crown jewel of this deal. And that was another thing that was kind of bothering me when this was happening. Everybody was focusing on like, oh, this Jordan Leisure kid isn't even that great. Well, he's a throw-in, bro. Like yeah. the 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 main guy here is Nick Nestrini. And look at what you gave up to get that guy. You have Lance Lynn, which again, I'm saying this with all due respect because I love Lance Lynn. He has fucking sucked this year. He has been terrible. So the fact that they even got a top ten prospect from a Dodgers system that's absolutely loaded. That's the other part. Is you, you, you crazy. didn't just get like the number nine. Uh, the number, I think he was number nine, nine right? Yep. Uh, you didn't just get the number nine um, prospect from like the, the, the Bra- like the Braves. I think yeah. the Braves. Shout out Kansas to the Braves. City. Kansas City. Yeah, like Kansas City, like just a bottom tier uh, farm system. No, like the Dodgers are like, you know, top 10, top five in some list farm system. And we talked about it a little bit last week. There's a difference between getting, when you're dealing with teams who have right. actual good minor league systems, it's like, yes, million, you want to trade for those with those teams. Yes, one million percent. Yes, I mean Leisure doesn't even pop on. He's yeah, number that, twenty. He's number twenty-seven on the White Sox. I top mean, 30. like you said, it, these trades, especially when you're dealing with, we're talking about rentals. Yep. Uh, and I mean, both of these trades with the with the Los Angeles teams, it was two for one. Or mm-hmm. is basically give me two MLB pieces, and we'll give you one decent prospect, and then like a throw-in. Right, and that's like, what it is. Uh, all right, I don't know. Maybe he'll maybe he'll find something out later. But this guy probably has a higher chance of you know getting to the major leagues. And like I just said, the White Sox love dudes that can throw hard. Jordan Leisure lives at ninety-seven to one hundred one miles an hour. 
by the way, uh, we keep uh, we, we keep referring to the the Fangraphs list, list here, and they really love Nastrini. They have yeah. him as your fifth best uh, prospect. Yeah, so does MLB.com. I said they both got him at five. Oh, they both? Okay. Yeah. Um, the thing that I, I've been trying to watch videos, we were going to have uh, our boy Ian on the show, but he's out on an amazing road trip with his kid. We might actually have him next week to really get into some of these prospects because he's watched all of these kids. But um, some of the video, and I encourage all you White Sox fans, if you're looking for something hopeful, something positive, um, go ahead and search Nestrini's name and catch some of his minor league clips. And again, it's minor league ball, but we also say the best pitching is in double A. You know what I mean? So it's like pure stuff. It's, yes. you know, guys, you, you can't teach most stuff. raw talent is right. you're going to find a double A. You can't teach talent. You can teach, you know, tips for control, tips to get a couple extra miles per hour on a ball, tips to get a little bit more extra movement. But, like, there's guys that have and there's guys How that don't. How old is Nestrini? He's 20. Shit. He Nestrini, is. Nestrini. I got him 23. Okay. I, I do wonder. So, at AA, and uh, uh, I remember we talked about it a little bit with the at AA. I don't know if it was if it was all the leagues at AA or if it was just – the one I know that the Cubs are in, how they were using that pre-tacked ball in the yep. first half. Yep. And that was giving pitchers like strikeout rates were going crazy because guys yep. were, it was basically, they're like, guys, stop using spider tack. All right, maybe we'll give you a ball that has something on it. So they were experimenting with the ball that's just enhanced gripped is what they were saying. And I mean, pitchers were going, they're like, hell yes. Like <laughs> they were getting extra spin, strikeout rates were through the roof. So I do wonder how aggressive the Sox will be this year, and I, I mean, I'm guessing by I'm next guessing, year, he'll yeah, be at AAA. Triple A, and he might even be a spot start. Uh, <laughs> Drew just sent me this. Jammer Candelario has scored multiple runs for multiple teams since the Whites, anyone on the White Sox has last scored a run. <laughs> so he did it for the Nationals, and now he's done it for the Cubs, and the White Sox still have not scored a run. Um, but those are two big things. Trace Thompson, whatever. We all know who Trace Thompson is. He had a pretty good World Baseball Classic, but the fact that people are like even considering that as I don't like a think... real transaction, like yeah, I don't, I don't think Trace Thompson's going to no. play for the White Sox. No. It was mostly like we'll give you Nestrini, but you got to take Trace. Yeah, it's like take whatever his salary. I mean, I, I'm it's yeah. not much, but just take no. it, please. Yeah, but it's and definitely... if Trace Thompson does play for the White Sox, White Sox then... fans should be. Upset. We're in trouble. We're There's in, we're no, no. They should trouble. be upset. just just call up any other prospect at AAA. Yeah. It doesn't even matter. Yep. There's no reason Trace Thompson should be playing yeah. for the White Sox. I mean, the White Sox don't have a uh, ranked outfielder all the way down to 17 with Yo Kelly. Uh, call up that. Is, do you guys still have the guy you signed from the Tigers? That like they uh, just refused to call up the. What is his name? Who are you talking? I don't know what you're talking about. They signed. There was like a. It was like a 26 year old. They signed. It was. I forget. It doesn't matter. He wasn't that good, but he's like an older player who has MLB experience. And every time an outfielder kept going on the IL, people were like, "Are they going to call this guy up?" And they they never did. Oh, I can't. I don't, I don't even know, know if he's still with the team. But um, it doesn't matter. Um, no, but yeah, if Trace Thompson sees a game for the White Sox this year. That's bad. But oh, by the way, Trace Thompson, a very good uh, immaculate grid answer for Cubs and Sox player. If you yes, want. very much so. Um, both a rebuild legend on both sides of town. <laughs> he got some run at the end of 21, I think, with the Cubs. So that was the big trade with the Dodgers. Uh, 
And then after that, the White Sox did make one more trade. Uh, Middleton to the Yankees. Uh, I don't even know why the Yankees were making trades. They're <laughs> Well, they, they didn't want to be that, – that was their only trade, right? Yeah, they got Middleton. And, like, they're the worst team in the AL East right now. Uh, the White Sox got some kid named uh, Juan Carella. But – That's another one. It's just like, hey, lottery ticket. Maybe yeah. he'll – Maybe he'll maybe he'll have hit, one maybe half won't. good season. Yeah, maybe he'll hit, maybe he won't. It's just we we just want this run of the mill middle reliever that's having a pretty decent season in Middleton. Yeah. And basically I really think the Yankees were just like, we gotta make a deal. A deal, right. Cause they, <laughs> they had that tweet where like since July first or whatever, mm-hmm. twenty nine teams have made a trade. Except for and, the Yankees. Yep. And then All the sneaky the, the sneaky little move they did that no one really paid attention to is they got a kid named Luis uh, Patino from Tampa Bay for cash. Um, uh, oh, I missed know? one. I missed a deal. Ooh. Yeah, we missed. Uh, Kendall Graveman. Yeah, Kendall Graveman. Oh, we got to talk about, this is the most MLB guy, ready guy, right. I think. So Get, Kendall, Graveman, Kendall Graveman goes down to Houston, you know, and he already did the interview. Where he's like, I feel like I'm back home. All right, beat it, geek. Um, <laughs> you hate him so. <laughs> I'm just not a fan of that guy at all. Uh, so Kendall Graveman, and then I can see you on the other screen. Uh, <laughs> they uh, send him back, and they get a kid that I already knew, which is very rare that I've known this prospect or whatever, but his name is Corey Lee. Uh, he's a catcher. He's in AAA. He's 25 years old, 6'2", 210. Um, couple things about Corey Lee, which is really, really interesting. So Corey Lee is an absolute fucking cannon for an arm. Like he actually credits it. He played collegiate water polo at University of California, which is no small task at all. Um, that's a very prestigious school for that, but he didn't become, I think I mixed him up with, uh, the other catcher because Lee's the one that didn't become a full, he didn't become a full-time catcher till 2019. Ah. And he's yet to start. He hasn't had 73 games behind the plate, but yeah. um, Some of the things though, that people don't realize with him is, and we all know the White Sox love to do this. He is former roommates with Andrew Vaughn and he actually batted right behind him in Cal's lineup. Uh, Vaughn was psyched. They asked Vaughn right away about, you know, what do you think? And he's like, oh, man, he could hit. Like, that's my guy, blah, 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 blah. I mean, what's he going to say at that Brad. point? Like, that guy sucks. Like, but um, – Would have been hilarious. Right. He, <laughs> Corey Lee, to me, is like the ultimate roll the dice for the White Sox because they really have nothing to lose. I mean, look at their catching squad right now. And I'm only saying this because Mitch isn't here, but, you know, Sebi Sebi. We all love Sebi, but – I think we pretty much all know what Sevy is at this point. Uh, Yaz is on – he's not even on the back nine. He's on the 18th hole of that career. Uh, I mean, they got Carlos Perez. You he's know, already he, on the cart path getting a, right. getting a bush yeah, light. He, from yeah, the, he's, the... <laughs> he's already phoned in his order to the ha- the house. Like, he's going to get ready – get something to eat. But they got the Carlos Perez. You know, a lot of people are high on him. Um, and then basically – you, you roll the dice on a Corey Lee. If it doesn't hit, you got this Edgar kid coming up through the ranks right behind him. Um, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if in a year or two, the two catchers on the White Sox are Corey Lee and Edgar. You mm-hmm. know, it, it could very much be that. But the biggest thing for me with this kid is you can teach, kind of like pitching, you can teach this kid how to 
block the ball behind the plate better. You can teach this kid how to frame better. You can't teach having an awesome – did Sebi really just hit a home run? That's hilarious. <laughs> that is especially right after you said Yeah, he, he definitely did. Sebi just definitely hit a solo home run. It's 11-1. Oh, that's beautiful. <laughs> I love the pinwheels bump. It's so – it's, it's definitely the a real thing. thing out there, folks. We talk um, positive about a player slump. slump. Uh, talk yeah. shit, he's gonna go on fire. Yep. But uh, <laughs> so the other thing, though, where Corey Lee's very different than Edgar is Corey Lee likes to swing that damn thing. Yeah. Uh, he's not taking walks. He's up there hacking. Uh, not the greatest major league numbers uh, in the couple games he's played for. Uh, Houston up there, um, you know, he have home run. he's not going to be a 300 hitter is the problem. You know what I mean? Like, it's just the, uh, the, the thing with Corey Lee, I mean, uh, again, he has that pedigree of a, a, a former, t- at least I think on MLB, he used to be MLB pipeline. He was a top 100 fan graph still loves him. They have him 75 uh, in their top 100 currently. So mm-hmm. like they still think. He's going to be some well, future value here. I I know this really doesn't hold its weight, but maybe getting him back with his boy Andrew. They can work some stuff out together, whatever. Together. You know, <laughs> it, at this point, it doesn't hurt. Because like we said, Sebi, Sebi, we all love Sebi. I, Sebi, Zavala forever. But Yaz is done. You know, you got Carlos Perez, but you need a backup catcher. You know, now you're... I wasn't mad about the deal. And the fact that they got him just for Graveman was mm-hmm. kind of impressive, which also kind of makes me a little bit nervous that the Astros were probably like, yeah, take him. <laughs> like, uh, I mean, yeah, that, that's, you know, that's the, obviously the other side where yep. they were like, yeah, we don't. So this was, that, that was basically them being like, yep. It, well, at least from the, from the White Sox perspective, we always talk about teams around the league looking for like bounce back guys, guys who, you know, after they were drafted, maybe their first year in the minor leagues, they were viewed as legit, like top 100 prospects. Yes. Like, you know, this guy, this guy has some juice in him as a young player. And then, you know, maybe they, they fall in the rankings. They lose some of that buzz. They struggle, but they still have that pedigree. You're, you're obviously hoping that that talent that was Mm -hmm. scouted, that was, that was, you know, propped up you know, resurfaces. And as you said, they got their main guy that they think is going to be their future catcher. There's just, you know, a little backup option. Maybe if things go, things go a little sideways with, uh, with and he had a little, yep. And Corey had a little bit of an oblique injury. Uh, he actually told Scott Merkin uh, that he feels a hundred percent for the first time in a while. Um, he's ready to, you know, get at it in Charlotte and show this team what he brings. He's looking at this as like a, like a new start, you know. But yeah. the problem right now, Fangraphs, who does love him, they got him 75 in the top 100. They got him as the White Sox, what, third best prospect, fourth best prospect, fourth best uh, prospect. Fourth. But if you dig a little bit deeper into his Fangraphs uh, page, they got they say Lee has a 70 arm and plus power, but he's likely overall a 30 grade hitter. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, uh, the other part of that though is I think he's already 25. Um, yeah. I've, oh, I he's saying it. he's getting there. He's getting at do or die time. Yes. Yeah, you know? so well, and I was gonna say is this. He's already. This is his second uh, consecutive year at yeah. AAA. 
you and we talked about a little before we started to record you, you know grandal's gone doesn't matter dfa and the money's the money's wasted anyway I DFA, right, tomorrow morning i wake up i dfa sub and yes and just go like you gotta i think you do lee like all right hey man there's no yeah. pressure get, look at mlb pitching for a couple months mm -hmm. don't just get it as just get it as That's getting data thing. What is he against MLB pitching? Go into the offseason with a plan. This is what you did well. This is what you did poor in. This is what you want you to work in. Coming back to spring training ready, you're going to compete for a job. Like, have that mindset with these guys. Well, especially oh. a guy who's already this close to, you know, being at the yeah. being at MLB level. At this point, you absolutely have nothing to lose. Mm -hmm. So, and the same thing, um, uh, and you know, Sox fans, if you haven't, go check out the Aju with uh, with Beef Loaf. And this past week, he had Jordan Lozowski, and they were mm -hmm. talking about second base. Mm -hmm. And I agree with, uh, I think, if Jordan said it, just play Lenin Sosa, yep. like you, Get Zach Remlard, Zach Remlard, hey, he's a great bunter, he's yeah. like what, 30? Like, he's not your future, <laughs> he, no, no, he's he, not he at all. That's not man, that just reminded me of like, you know, uh, like. Frank Schwindel, like, cool. He's yeah. a fine dude, but he's I not mean, part of the future. At this part, give Ramos a shot. Give Jose give Rodriguez a shot. Give Sosa a shot. I don't give a shit. Even like, Carlos, like you said, Carlos Perez, bring him back up. Yeah, Have bring him, him up. and this dude play. Because one of the most annoying things out of all this was Rick Hahn with a straight face saying they're planning to compete in 2024. What? Like, get into I, it. I, I've been waiting to hear your thoughts on it. I just don't. I understand. Like, well, we said at the beginning of this season, like, there's no way everyone could be that bad again. Well, shame on us, because, well, except for Luis Robert. Luis Robert, dude, that's the thing. You have an MVP level player. Yep. And you're still in this shitty situation. Luis Robert is a guy you build a team around. You know, and so that's where I get a little upset, if you will, and I have a definitely different opinion than our young co-host that did his show earlier today about, like you said, for the Cubs' biggest move was not trading one of their best players. For me, one of the White Sox' biggest fuck-ups is not trading Dylan Cease. And there's a couple reasons why. And again, separate personal feelings from business side of things big fan of dylan cease you know love watching him grow and mature and he kind of took a step back this year but he's not really putting up ace numbers but he's, he's still a solid ass major league starter um i think they really messed up by not trading him uh from everything that i read they were asking for the moon from teams like baltimore they were talking about fucking holiday like come on man you know like and all these other but don't take what he did today into whatever. I mean, I know he had a he's huge stinker today, but yeah, you can't. You have to look at this logically. Like his his trade value was never going to be higher than it was two days ago. It just wasn't because even if he pitches lights out for the rest of the season, you know, you miss the rental angle with him, and you also you have to sit here and pray he doesn't get hurt. Which, ladies and gentlemen, I don't know if you watch the White Sox, everybody gets hurt at some point. So now, 
as a White Sox fan, you have to sit here and watch this guy and just pray that every wince, every time he lands on his leg, he doesn't get hurt. Otherwise, you just completely blew that. You blew your biggest trade chip. And it's just it's it's really scary to me. I know he has two more years of control. It's just I just think you trade him at that point. And I know Han came out and said, you know, or, or, or we're competing next year. No, you're not, dude. You're not. You, you really aren't. And this is how you know, because I, I know that you would still get a pretty decent return if you do. You're going to get a decent return. Uh, it's it's probably not going to be as much as it could have been uh, at this trade deadline because the big part of that is that whatever team was going to trade for him is that they wanted him for this a postseason run, like this postseason. Yeah. You're losing a postseason run with that pitcher. Yep. So obviously that that dings your value. And there's other things to take in because then you saw like Scherzer, Verlander, uh, Jack Flattery, like all these pitchers start flying off the market. And with like two hours left in the trade deadline, Dylan sees his head and shoulders yeah. the best available pitcher. So now his stock's through the roof. And also, and again, I'm not basing this on just what happened today because, again, he got shelled in Texas. But what happens if he fucking sucks the rest of the year? I mean, Tough. there's – there's You're going to keep him to compete. <laughs> there, Yeah, there's too much variance – that can happen to fuck this up for me to feel comfortable for them not making the deal the, at the trade deadline. The most annoying part, at least from not a Sox fan perspective, and hearing Rick Hahn say, oh, you know, looking to compete in 2024 is, okay, fine. Yes, there yep. there is a path there. But you know how you close the gap from shit team to contend? Mm-hmm. You spend money in free agency. What That's do the White group. Sox never do? Spend money in free agency. They never spent. They they'll 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 give you the couple deals. They'll spend seventy five million on Ben Intendi. Mm-hmm. They'll spend seventy one, seventy three million on uh, Yasmani Grandal. They'll spend fifty five million on Dallas Keuchel. What do all those guys have in common? They're kind of Ben Intendi's the best out of that group. And like even even Ben Intendi's like all right, you know, mid tier mid tier free agent. Now mid tier free agents aren't going to get you from. Correct. Like the, the, the White Sox right now are in fourth place behind the Detroit Tigers, who were shit to enter the, the year. The most frustrating part of this season is all they had to be was a 500 team, and they could yeah. be winning the division right now. Just a, they just had to go out there and be address. I'm getting angry. T- <laughs> address either second base or right field, and then at least get some starting pitching depth. It didn't have to be stars. Yep. I mean, and then also don't spend, you know, 190 million in the dumbest way possible. But I, yeah, don't use like a big chunk of that on four relievers. And then, hey. So I hopefully they, they learn, which they probably haven't, but th- hopefully you hope that they've learned that one, you need to have homegrown talent in your bullpen. You don't go out and spend the big money on these guys. Uh, yeah, Sevy was the only run. The game's over. 11-1. The Sox always do that, dude. Yep. We talked about it back when the Cubs had David Robertson. Remember, mm-hmm. him, that was one of their big free agent deals. David Robertson. Yep. Let's get a closer, but like our roster isn't really that good. <laughs> Speaking of closers, <laughs> poor Liam beats that was so cancer, sad, man. Comes back, I think, too quick still. Yes. And now ah. we got Tommy John, and he's out for another 12 months. You know what, though? 
I know it obviously sucks because you know he's gonna lose. This, he's obviously losing the rest of 2023. He's yep. all of 2024. Dude is still getting 15 million more, no matter what. Yep. He's either getting it. Well, I think at this point, I mean, he's getting the way the White Sox did the contract was three years, 54 million. Mm-hmm. You get 39 million your first three years, and then we'll have a fourth year, 15 million dollar option. But if we decline it. We'll pay you one point five million dollars for the next nine years, or you the next go, ten years. I mean, you that's should go watch getting. Mitch. Go watch Mitch on the news. He's on the news in Missouri. <laughs> Turn on uh, what's the station? Damn, what are W-K-Q-X. the letters? <laughs> I don't know, but that's the thing. And I agree with you. It's just like the hits keep coming. This team has a perpetual black cloud over it, and so Mitch's one of Mitch's points he made earlier was. Uh, all these people are saying they want Rick Hahn fired, but they also wanted him to like be in control of all this. So Rick Hahn is very good at one thing that we've learned. He's good at selling off expiring contracts of good players or decent or good players and getting a pretty darn good return for them, which he did again now because he did it with Chris Sale. He did it, you know, all this. Um, I'm good at firing them tomorrow. Like, thanks for doing that, boss. You got us on the right foot. Smell you later. They won't do it in season. We all know they won't do it in season. But I was thinking back to, and this was pretty weird because I think it was announced before the draft in 2011 for the Mm -hmm. Cubs. It was known Jim Hendry. He was going to be gone after the year, right before Mm -hmm. they hired Theo. He he was still like the GM. He was still in charge of the draft when the yep. Cubs drafted Baez, and everybody is. was like, "What? What? This guy's you're, you're you fired him? Basic? Why is he yeah. still doing the draft? I mean, it does happen. It does happen in the past. I mean, right. other GMs get fired after after the trade deadlines in the off season. So it wouldn't be it shouldn't be a shock if like no, October I'm... October first, Bob Nightingale tweets out. The White Sox have fired Rick Hahn. Yeah. And I mean, at this what point. What did you take of uh, his comments that were like, what was very... that one quote? I can't figure out if it was a typo, but it was weird. Josh Nelson uh, a quote or a quote to you. And it was like, in terms of talking about the direction for 2024, it yeah. was something like. Uh, well, he had, he had a little hissy fit because someone asked him like, hey. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think it was what, Scott Merkin actually. Yeah, like, what do you, what do you tell your fans? Like, what the fans want to know, like, where this team is going. What, how do you basically sell this to your fan base? Uh, and he's just like, oh, that's marketing slogan shit. Like, I, I'm not concentrated on that right now. I'm concentrating on making this team the best team possible. You're the fucking slogan guy, yeah, dude. I'm not, I'm not doing this. I'm blah, 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 blah. And he sounded like a guy that was annoyed with the question and also a guy that sounded scared, like he's going to get fired, which whatever. But the comment that, and I got to find it, that really kind of put me over the edge and hold on. Oh, yes. I remember this one. Somebody asked him about. You're so spot on, so. Someone asked him about improving the team and I can't find it right away. Um, here, par- paraphrase it. I'll find it for you. Okay. So, ba- oh, here I found it. So Han added that the fact that 
no team in the AL Central is running away and hiding as the thought of being able to contend in the division in 24. So what I paraphrase that as is everyone sucks, so it's okay that we suck. Well, you know what, Rick? Everyone sucked this year, and you were one of the biggest – The biggest suckers. You <laughs> sucked more than almost everybody, <laughs> except for the Kansas City Royals, who are the worst team in the goddamn league. I can't believe Kansas City doesn't even have 20 wins yet. I didn't realize they were that bad. But Wait, what? Yeah, they got like 18 wins, dude. No. <laughs> yes. I'm pretty sure I'm on there. Let's see. I know th- they just swept somebody, but yeah. They still don't have, they're at 33 and 75. Okay. But the uh, they are still better uh, three games better than the A's. 30 and 78. Which I'm pretty sure the A's just like pick up dudes at like car dealerships and Home Depot parking lots to play for them. But well, speaking of Lance Lynn, he gave up three home runs to them. So far, <laughs> the guys the White Sox have dealt besides Raylo have all been shit. I, I don't think Jake Berger did shit tonight in his debut in Miami, but Oh, did we talk about that trade yet? No, we haven't gotten there yet. But for him to say that to a room full of reporters, I think he, he's losing it, man. Han's on tilt right now because he usually doesn't let crap like that slip. He's usually very, 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 very calculated on everything he says to the media. It's all lawyer speak. You know, we've all used the term Han speak before. But for him to say the fact that this division stinks means we can contend next year because he all you had to do this year, Josh Nelson was the first person I heard say this, and when he said it, like a wave of depression came over my body. All the White Sox had to do this year was to be a 500 team. A 500 team. And they could be winning the AL Central. Yep. Absolutely brutal. Oh, oh, I just saw this, by the way. And this goes to the other thing where what the hell are the White Sox thinking? And I get it. I get it. The, most of the trades, except for Berger, was you were trading rental arms. Fine. Whatever. Who cares? Mm-hmm. Good. Th- those were, I, I agree with uh, uh, your thought process. Good. You, you got a good return at least. Mm-hmm. At least, you know, whatever people were saying. Fine. What the hell was that report that the White Sox were trying to trade for Salvador Perez? That was also super annoying. Like... Because, though. That's not a team that's contending in 2024. Because, though. Forget about this trade. The trade line passed, so hey, you don't have to worry about it. They're still in offseason. They could still trade for him in the offseason. And the fact was, paraphrasing, that they're interested in Salvador Perez because of his relationship yes. with Pedro. Why, Pedro probably should Pedro might not be here next year. Pedro shouldn't be there. <laughs> I mean, Pedro's losing his shit, too. You know, he's yeah, in he's the... Been, yeah, he's... Yeah. Been. Pedro, I don't... Again, I think Pedro's a great coach and a shitty manager. That's where I put him at right now. Yeah. But I don't know. He's doing interviews being like, yeah, you know, what the fuck? At this point, let's just let it ride. But, yeah, that's the other deal that we haven't talked about. And it's actually kind of important because the White Sox traded uh, beloved Jake Berger for a kid named Jake uh, Etter. Uh, Jake is... Etter is a 24-year-old left-handed pitcher. Uh, he's in double-A right now, 6'4", 215 pounds, but I like this kid. I like this kid a lot. Um, the report that I saw on him, I'm trying to remember the exact words, was he had first-round stuff 
when he was at Vanderbilt. And uh, he actually got a three-inning save when they won the 2019 College World Series. He he did a three-inning save to win the world, the College World Series. Uh, really good stuff. 60-grade fastball, 60-grade slider, 50-grade changeup, 50 control. Overall, they got him at a 50-grade right now. But he had TJ. Uh, so he's just now working his way back from the TJ. Um, but the, the Can I read you what got White Sox fans really excited? This was the screenshot that was going around Yeah. after the trade. Uh, it was a screenshot of his uh, Fangraphs profile. And, uh, you know, below his grades... Chicago uh, City Royals. That's funny. <laughs> below the below the grades, uh, they just have like a quick little prospect. Uh, too long, didn't read, and it's just a one sentence description of uh, of the prospect. And Fangraphs writes, "Nearly back from Tommy John, Edder might be lefty Spencer Strider." Spencer that's the Strider, one. Yes, I did see that. <laughs> Great. I did that's see what, that. That's and what got Sox fans hyped up. For for those of you wondering, yes, that did make it move. Because <laughs> the White Sox have not had a dominant left-handed pitcher basically since Chris Sale. Since Chris Sale. And, you know, that's a kid that I think you can do. Now, I did a rapid reaction video on Twitter after the burger trade because I knew that was the one that people would take the hardest. Like, everyone knew Giolito was getting dealt. Raylo was a little surprised. Everybody could see Lance Lynn being dealt, Joe Kelly, Middleton, whatever. Those are all Okay. Burger was like I've mentioned on this show a bunch of times. It's a Disney movie, you know, mm -hmm. getting drafted, blowing out one wheel and then blowing out the other wheel while he's trying to heal from the first one, uh, playing in independent leagues just so he can keep playing during COVID and shit mm -hmm. to making his way up and to be, what was he? Second in AL in home runs when they traded him. Yeah. Behind I mean, the best player in the world, ever. Yeah. <laughs> best player in the history of baseball, but great guy, very humble. His wife, sisters, they were all very active on Twitter, interacting with fans. I've heard nothing but great things about all of them, like super nice, you know, and the great story about, you know, Burger's newborn being in the crowd every time he hits the home run. And she tweets out like she got to see daddy's homer and everything. You fell for the guy. You rooted for the guy. Such an easy guy to root for. And I'm encouraging everyone that's listening to this, keep rooting for him in Miami. Like, you know, you don't have to stop just because the uniforms change. But from a business standpoint, I get this move. I get this move 100%. A couple reasons. One, Jake never really had a position. He, he never really had a set position. The White Sox have too many DHs on the team as it stands right now. And I know some people are like, we'll play him at third over Moncada. No one is taking Moncada's money, and they're not going to eat that salary. Moncada, whether he likes it or not, is playing for the White Sox until that contract's out. Uh, he just he was a man without a country on that field. And the best thing you can do with a lot of things in life is you sell high and you buy low. Yeah. They sold high on Jake Berger because – Again, he had two blown tires. Uh, he reminded me a, a lot of another beloved slugger from the White Sox who was kind of a flash in the pan in, in David Polka. You know what I mean? Like, 
I think Berger's better than him. Don't get me wrong. Don't, you know, get that twisted. But, uh, yeah, I mean, the regret. He's a definite candidate for regression. The and so and I, I understand them selling high. That's what. That's the way I want to say that. I know there's arguments both ways on Berger. It's like, well, you know, mm-hmm. he hasn't. He has, because of the injuries, he hasn't spent a lot of time. He lost a lot of years uh, development-wise. Yep. He hasn't played that much in the majors. So, hey, maybe he can get better. But, like, you know, right now where the Sox are at, I I do agree. Where you do sell high because, again, yep. it goes back to the had bullshit to. of – Had to. The, it's the bullshit that go, that's annoying. It's like, well, you know, maybe we can compete in 2024. The Sox are going to be bad. The, yes. <laughs> because the because why? The main reason, again, you're not going to spend in free agency. Until the Sox do, until they <laughs> prove to their fans that they do – I'm not going to believe your bull crap. Like plot twist, they sign Otani, but uh... <laughs> if we get if we get the dude, um, so imagine they host him and we get like the leaks of the photos, like Bryce Harper, <laughs> like it says in the ticker. <laughs> they hire Otani's translator, and like all right. yes. the team, they get. We his need best to friend. we need to figure out we need to figure out if he has any best friends, and then they signed him. Yeah. <laughs> Sign his best friend from the Japanese league over here. Yes, get him yeah, over just... here, all that stuff. Uh, but but yeah, I understand. You, you it. take you advantage, even... and he's people were like, "Hey, you, you know, you're you're rebuilding, but you you trade the one guy who's under team control until 2028." Yep. But like, it, he's a very flawed player, and yes, maybe he does get better. But and you know, there were signs in July that he was taking a little more walks. But talking about a guy who's just Swinging for the fences and God bless him, he has elite power. And you, you know, you, you mentioned Daniel Polka, it reminds me of Patrick Wisdom. Yeah, I mean, where like, yeah, the comparison. he's going to hit home runs, but man, he's gonna hit like 190, maybe 210. He's not gonna walk, he's his on base is gonna be terrible. Mm. Are you comfortable with the 30 plus home runs, but the 290 on base? You know the White Sox have to fill other needs. They they're pitching, and it's due to their own fault. After these, you know, after their you know window of trying to win, they didn't really bring up any other pitching. There's nope. there's no other guys, and we've seen it this year. They they have no pitching depth. They needed to reload. Yeah. You go out there and you get a get you get a talent like uh, they have in uh, in Jake. No. You, you sell high on Jake Berger. He's a, a prime candidate for regression. I hope it never happens, but he is. And, you know, he goes to a Miami team that just traded their third baseman for the last six years and Cooper. They traded him to the Padres, so Jake's got the starting gig now. You know, good for him. And his fucking uh, debut in Miami was today. What did the Marlins do? $5 burgers for Jake Berger. <laughs> oh, Nice. You know, the, something the White Sox never did. Like, I mean, speaking it's not of a a, speaking of aggressive, the Marlins were kind of Jake Berger. They traded Cooper. They got uh, Josh, Josh Bell. Bell. That was a great one for them. Yeah. Their offense was. They got the. They got the pitching. Their offense has been was killing. That's them. why they went out and gotten some bats. And the the big the bigger rumor leading up to the trade deadline was like obviously they ended up with Jake Berger, and obviously they were talking with the White Sox, but they wanted Eloy. Yeah. Um, and obviously the, the Brewers are like, nah, <laughs> <laughs> nah, son. Nah, uh, the Brewers want him too, but I couldn't even think of one person on the Brewers I'd want to trade Dude, for. Dude, if he went to the Brewers, I would have been so pissed off at the White Sox. Yeah, yeah, the, all these fucking teams just give 
they're good players to NL Central teams, not the Cardinals. <laughs> but uh, I mean, again, tough pill to swallow. And I will, as I tweeted out, I will always root for Jake Berger. Like I'm going to follow along. I'm going to, you know what I mean? But he's almost kind of gotten himself in a better situation now. You know, Miami's got a team where they can actually compete a little bit. He's going to get the everyday starter at third base. You don't have to worry about plugging him at second base or DH or whatever. And it's kind of like the whole, if you love something, set it free <laughs> kind of deal. And, uh, I really like what they got in return for him. This kid. I, uh, I'm sorry to interrupt. Here. No. I don't care that I think it's a. I think it's the same position player that pitched for the Reds last night. But say a Suzuki home run, a little confidence hey, boost. Hey, right. You should text Fizz right now. Say I'm back because because <laughs> he just hit a, a home run off of a position player. By but the I'm way, ha- back to back days where you have to use a position player Not against a your against a team who's on fire on your right. ass. Bad luck. Right after a trade deadline where you made no moves for a glaring (laughs) need at starting pitching, which is another thing that was wild. I mean, I know it kind of hurt the Reds that Jonathan India went on the IL right before the trade deadline because I think that was their plan was they were going to get him out there in a trade and go get themselves a decent start, which I wouldn't have hated Jonathan India on the White Sox. And I know – some of the ladies out there, he is a handsome fella, but the yeah. Jonathan and, and I mean, since those trade rumors came out, I mean, the, the Reds still played pretty well. They, they won a series in, in, uh, in Los Angeles against the Dodgers, which, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that was, that was pretty damn impressive, but that, I feel like that, that caused a little bit of like a little, not rift, but like a little, what the hell's going on in the, in the clubhouse maybe for the Reds. Yep. It's like, wait, why are you? Yep. Because again, you can argue about Jonathan India. Is he that good? What is he worth? The guys in that locker room view the guy as mm-hmm. a, Hey, he was a rookie of the year. He's been a good hitter. Uh, all the numbers aren't pretty, but you know, he has some pop. Yep. Uh, the defense maybe isn't as good as you want it, but he's, you know, he plays there almost every, every game. They view him as a, you know, one of the young leaders, and you know those trade talks that randomly got out there out of nowhere yep. were maybe yep. I hope. Well, as a Cubs fan, selfishly speaking, I hope that did create a little, <laughs> a little hubbub in that clubhouse. Yep. So I mean, it was a busy, it was a busy deadline for both teams. You know, obviously two teams clearly going in two different directions at this point right now. Um, I'm very. Very curious to see how this offseason plays out for the White Sox because they did free up a lot of money and they're going to free up some more money. But what on earth gives me any reason to think that they would go out? I don't even know. I haven't even looked at the free agents, upcoming free agents, but it's not great. It's not great. I can tell you. Starting pitching, because I've been looking for the Cubs. Starting pitching market is great. A okay. lot of options starting pitching wise. So hey, what do the Sox need? They, they need starting they need pitching, so that's good. Starters, yep. So you can get maybe you can get a bargain or two. Uh, again, I don't think you guys are going to be going for the very top of the market, but Otani to the White Sox. <laughs> start it now. Start the hashtag. Yep. Otani to the White Sox. Um, I don't think there are a lot of good hitters. <laughs> um, I th- I mean, there's Matt Chapman, third base, but he plays third base. Um, yeah. There's third or first. Got There's, that. Got get that covered. There, uh, dude. That's why. That's why when Ian Happ signed his contract, I was a little surprised. 
Because if he would have had a good season, he would have been like a top five hitter in free agency. Well, I'm glad you brought that up because that's another thing. A lot of people were bitching that they didn't trade Tim Anderson. Ah, now, I've been yeah. saying on this show for probably two months now that they weren't going to do it mm-hmm. for a couple reasons. One, that'd be the opposite of trading burger because you'd be selling low. Mm-hmm. And two, he has a $14 million team option, not a player option, a team option next year. So that's a cheap shortstop. Now, the second half of his season right now, you're starting to see flashes of the Tim we all know and love. You know, he finally hit that home run, so he got that monkey off his back. But uh, even when he is getting out, he's hitting the ball hard. Uh, you know, fielding's going to be whatever with T.A., but by not trading him now, you can have yourself a little Craig Kimbrell situation where you pick up that team option. He's under control for 14 mil, and he's hands down one of the top non-pitching free or non-pitching targets this okay. offseason. I looked up the I looked up the free agents for next year. Uh, what mm-hmm. position do you want to go to for second base or right field? Because I know those base. are obviously the two spots. Second base. Okay. And give the, me guys this... that could could possibly play second. Throw them in there as well. Okay, so I'll, I'll do second and short. I'll do the infield. Yeah. This just goes to show you how weak. This is going to be very bad. How so. weak? Because the first name that pops up, this is on uh, the first two names on uh, MLB Trade Rumors. They, they, you know, they plan ahead. Mm-hmm. Very, very well done. They have the list of all the free agents for the upcoming offseason. Second baseman, the first. Uh, actually, you know what? To be fair, this goes in alphabetical order. So it's not. Okay. This isn't war right. Okay. Warp. Hanser Alberto. Stop Bring him back. <laughs> Number two, Elvis Andrews. Jesus Christ. <laughs> okay, here we go. Your guy. You can finally get him. So get that veteran hitter at second, Adam Frazier. No, I don't think Baltimore's letting him leave. All he's right. having a pretty good year for Baltimore. And I've also was reading a bunch of stuff about how he's a big time, you know, leader in the clubhouse with all the young guys they got Ooh. going on over there yeah. and blah, 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 blah. All right. They so got next him when they could have had a chance. Another veteran, another former White Sox, Josh Harrison. Come on. <laughs> next up, former Cubs legend. You know him because he kind of hits, not really. And with the Oakland A's, Tony Kemp. Uh, so next up, Cubs legend, World Series champion, Tommy LaStella. I didn't realize how slow he is. Tommy LaStella? Thomas is slow as shit. I think, to be fair, I think he broke a leg, maybe. Maybe. Usually second baseman, you think like yeah. the the short, like fast contact hitter, dude. I remember him. I mean, I think actually, you know, you're, this goes back to his Cubs days when he was playing third base. He was not that athletic. No, piped out. <laughs> piped out. Um, other guys, uh, Whit Merrifield has a, a mutual option. They're not letting him leave. He's having a he was Ooh, an all, he's a, an all star. He's having an all star season right now. It is a little pricey though, eighteen million. That's another guy though that I was like, hey, the White Sox should take a run at Wit. Oh, he's old. He's washed. <laughs> all star. Uh, Jorge Polanco. He has a club option, ten and a half million. Jonathan Shoop, mm. Scoop Shoop. How old is he? He's, he's been. I feel like he's been in the league. Yeah, he's been in the league forever. He's thirty-two. He's a glitch on MLB the show. Just if anybody's wondering. Donovan Solano, Twins legend. And then I think Yumper mentioned him a little early on, on the, in the chat. Colton Wong, good defense. Colton Wong. I mean, it would be an upgrade. but um, Short stops. It does not get better, folks. No, that's why I'm glad they waited to trade Timmy, because if there's a team that needs a shortstop this offseason, that's a 
big let training me, trip. Let me lift list off the names here. Nick Ahmed, Tim Anderson, as you said, club option, 14 million. Elvis Andrews, Javier Baez, but he's nope. not gonna opt out. <laughs> no, why why uh, would he Brand- ever? Brandon Crawford, veteran presence. He's 37. Zero chance he leaves San Francisco. Do you want Paul DeJong, Cardinals legend? Now with he the got Blue traded. Jays. Yeah, I was yeah, gonna say. No. Isaiah <laughs> Kiner Falefa, defense. Oh my God. I unfortunately have friends. Oh boy. Fans. I know exactly who you guys are going to sign. Oh no. Oh no. 28 year old just got traded to the Dodgers. You know him from the Cleveland Guardians and New York I'm Mets. Rosario. I'm Matt Rosario. Come on down. <laughs> you are a White Sox. Oh, and, oh my God. And then you I'm know it, Zoe. Uh, he plays good. Well, he used I, to play good defense. I don't know what happened to him this year. Everybody that you mentioned is just cheeks. Third I mean, base. Eddie Adrianza. Oh. I, all right. Brian Anderson, who's on the Brewers right now. Jamie Candelario, who can mm. play for, well, he's more third base, first base. As I said, Matt Chapman, Charlie Culberson. I didn't realize he's still playing baseball. Josh Donaldson returned to the, <laughs> to the ALC. There's not many things that could happen that would make me renounce my fandom in the White Sox. If Josh they signed Donaldson. Josh Donaldson, I would not watch one inning of baseball. Well, what about this guy? He can. I think he also plays second base, or he used to play second base. Eduardo Escobar. I think yeah. I think he's one of those guys that have played everywhere. He's thirty-five though, man. He's old. Uh, again, these are third basemen only though. Evan Longoria, Mike Mustakis, Max Muncy, Justin Turner, Gio Urshela, and Joey Wendell. Joey Wendell, another guy who plays second base. I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you want to see right field? <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm banking on Colas being out there next year, but go ahead. Just give me the best outfielder available. Uh, oh, Teoscar Hernandez. Okay, that I can. I'm, I can. Okay, I can mess with um, that. Um, let's see. I mean, you can try to relive, revive Joey Gallo. I don't. Mm, Randall Grichik is having a solid season with the Rockies. Just got traded to the Angels. What? Uh, what kind of year is Gallo having? I feel like I haven't I heard his name he's... a lot. I think he got hurt a bunch of times too. I think he has. I think he's been. I think he's having the Joey Gallo season. Where he's not hitting for a high average. Couple, some Just home runs. Strikeout machine. Yeah. Let, let's um, look up Joey here real quick. Oh, Jason Hayward. Come on now, dude. That Jason Hayward would be your best. Have you seen his numbers this year? The Dodgers did fix our best him. what? Our best right fielder. Yeah, low yeah. bar. I know. I- yeah. Jason Hayward's been good this year. Shout out to him. I didn't. I had no idea what the hell happened. Joey Gallo. I just want to see what he's doing. You know me. I like. He's batting. Was he batting three thirty three? No. No. Well, that was his last game. Oh (laughs) no, he's not. (laughs) No, he's definitely not. Um, I hate how ESPN sets this up. Uh, can I read you a slash line? Yeah, please. Well, no, this isn't Joey Gales. I'm just reading a slash line. Oh, a slash line. A slash line. Impending free agent. Uh, 245, 340 on base, 461 slug, uh, 10 home run. No, yes, 10 home runs, a 119 WRC plus, 
Uh, and so far, 1.6 F4 in 81 games. I mean, Jason Hayward. I know. Didn't he change his swing? Like something. The, I think the Dodgers basically told him, "Stop! Just, just, just try to hit home runs." Yeah. <laughs> I think they're like, "Hey, dude, you, your swing has been shitty for years. Yep. Forget about just making contact. Go out and sell out for power." And for those of you wondering, Joey Gallo is batting 179 right now. With 17 home runs okay. uh, and his full slash is 179, 290, 443 slugging with a 733 OPS. That's basically what kind of what Jacob Berger's been, right? Just like a Give a little better, better, a little better, uh, better average but... wise, but yeah, he's in that range. So basically, what we're saying, long story short, it's slim pickings. It's slim pickings. <laughs> well, Otani. Yeah, I mean, it's like Otani. 50 yards of shit. Oh no. The next year of I already years. know who you get. You guys are finally gonna get another DH. Why would Michael Brantley? Another... They've wanted Michael Brantley on the White Sox for <laughs> like a decade. You, dude. <laughs> I feel like they've wanted him on the White Sox since the 80s. It's been so long. <laughs> they've wanted that guy every season. And I get it. I mean, guy's a contact oh, machine. Hey. Oh, no, no. But this guy just... can can go out and play right field. Not very good. But if you want more veteran leadership, Trey Mancini is going to be available. I'm good on that. Man. You can get him for league minimum, 700000 Well, that's a very White Sox move, but it's just, I don't know, dude. The, uh, no, but that goes to, your, to our point. It's, I think it was good to keep TA because if you do plan on trading him, wait until teams get to the free agent market and they look around and they're like, Yep. Holy shit, there is nothing here. <laughs> yep. And you just got to hope out of all the prospects you just pulled and some of the in-house ones that somebody shows you something. But unfortunately, I mean, White Sox I think fans... we know, like, right? Colson's the next up. Yeah. And you talk about getting beefy. Every highlight I see with that kid, he has definitely added muscle. And again, we're going to try to we're going to try to get our boy Ian on next week to talk about a little bit more stuff going on down on the farm. But saddle up, strap it down, White Sox fans, because it's another long time of farm reports, watching shitty grainy video from double and triple A games, and when that stupid gift of of Squidward going future, future. (laughs) Yes. One one last question about the off season. Mm-hmm. So right now, do you think they trade C's in the offseason? It really depends on how his second half, of the, how he finishes this year. Because okay. if he keeps going out like he did tonight in Texas. Just keeps giving up seven runs in two innings. Yeah, and now, and something that I think our listeners are too smart to do, but to put it to rest, I've already seen a couple people being like, C's did this because he's angry he's still here. I, yeah, it's... <laughs> Do you honestly think this man's going <laughs> to sacrifice millions of dollars in potential next contract just to show the front office that he's angry? Fuck out. Yeah. Get because out number here. one, if he is angry at the club or at the front office, guess what he would want to do? He'd want to raise his value as much as possible yep. so that other teams that hurts want more. To trade. Yeah. <laughs> no one's expecting the White No one's expecting the White Sox to win right bad. now. No one's expecting the White Sox to win right now. So yeah. that's not like, oh no. But if he goes out there and starts throwing like, you know, 10 strikeout games, he gets that ERA down under like, we'll call it 3.5. So his value goes way up. And I know, I know this may sound dumb. 
Um, but this is we know how MLB teams operate. The most attractive thing about Dylan Cease, yes, you know, he's been solid pitcher. He showed what the, his, uh, you know, the ceiling can be. He'd be like a Cy Young award contender. Yep. What teams care most about him is that he's going to have two more years of cheap control. Yep. I mean, we saw it with the Jose Quintana trade with the Cubs and White Sox. Why did the Cubs like overpay? Because yep. They were going to have him for like, you know, two, three more years at like $12 million per year, which is very cheap for what they thought they were going to get in like a number two type pitcher. That that teams just care so much about the getting as much talent for as little amount of money as possible. Who do you think has a better finish of the season? Max Scherzer or Justin Verlander? Oh man, I'd have to dive into some of those numbers, but just going uh, Max Scherzer to me in the past couple seasons kind of under. I mean, I'm sure his numbers are still good, but I think Verlander's been Verlander still kept that level. Yep, where he's been like elite, elite. As where Max Scherzer, I do think he's taken a little step back from elite starting pitcher to like still good, but not yeah, awesome. I, I mean, Ver, and then Verlander own, yeah. back with a team that he knows, Houston. Yeah. I mean, we saw what they did to his career. I'm sure they're going to find more ways to work yeah. around some rules. He's going to be getting like some <laughs> cattle, something injections or something like yeah, that. But, uh, yeah, I mean. Oh, speaking of though, what a great ri- rivalry that's turned into Houston, Houston and Texas. Uh, Texas. And that's now fine. Actually, both good that the Rangers are good this year. And also the fact that I absolutely still fucking hate the Houston Astros. I will. I I don't have it on. I usually I've been rocking the the Texas City Connect hat a lot lately. I wore yeah. my ace my ace hat tonight, but uh, yeah, it's wild. <laughs> we got a guy. He DM me. He's like a a big part of the sell the team in Oakland. In Oakland, but he grew up a, a White Sox fan, and he made a joke just saying like, um, when Oakland comes to Chicago at the end of August, and everyone's chanting sell the team. It's which team are they talking about? It, I mean, that's where the Sox are at right now. You know, they're 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 eye to eye with Oakland almost. You know, I mean, obviously they have a better base, like having guys like Luis Robert yeah. and Eloy and you know these guys. But it, it there's no clear surp- direction. Are you surprised? This I'm not gonna. This isn't me bashing attendance. I'm just asking a no it, the context behind this. Last year, obviously, you know, there was a few times that there was the the fire Tony chance and mm-hmm. the sell the team chance for the White Sox. Are you surprised that, you know, after a second consecutive year of failing to to put a winning club together, that there hasn't been more fire Han chance or something? Or is it just because less people are showing it's up? Just, so well, it's less people are showing up. That's why I bring up, up the attendance. Less people are showing up and also just people are taking that more to social media. I mean, the fire Tony chance, he's there. You know he's in that dugout. So by saying that, you know he's hearing you. Yeah. Han, for all we know, doesn't even watch the games. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Uh, I said this earlier. Well, you know Eastman. To a good friend of mine, a good friend of the show, everything. We were talking about this season, and I was thinking about it. This might be no, – I, I won't say might be. This is – one of my top three most disappointing seasons as a White Sox fan. Yeah. 
mainly just because the expectations were high. And I try, you know, as someone that's been doing this for a long time to tamper those expectations, but out of the gate, the lineup was looking great. You know, obviously there was still some positions in need, but I thought Oscar Colas was going to come out of the gate hot. So right field would finally be taken care of, you know, Elvis Andrews. Well, we said that on the show before the season even started that that's not, that was lightning in a bottle for the second half of last season. But I just thought it would be good. And I mean, again, I think this is the fourth time I've said it now, the show, all they had to be was 500. That's what I was going to bring up. So it's not that just like, you know, obviously the expectations are in your, you're in your winning window. You have your core yep. here. You're supposed to win. This was your time to compete for championships. Right? All they had to or, be was average. Or, or, or what we say is just get into the playoffs and you get a chance. Mm-hmm. And all you had to do is just be a 500 team be and average. be in the mix. All you had to do was be average. Couldn't even do that. I mean, oh, I mean, I do. I did want to bring up the. I I did find the uh, quote that I was trying to think about. Oh, okay. Uh, earlier, uh, that you know caught White Sox fans' attention's eyes. Like, wait, does Han know that he's not coming back? And uh, it comes from Vinny Duber. Han continued, "The organization is much, much stronger for 24 and beyond. What that looks like at the big league level in 24. Let's get to the end of the season." you will hear directly what the plan is for people in charge. So like that was the part where yeah, you I will hear that, yeah. directly what the plan is for the people in charge. Was that a typo or mm-hmm. why is he talking in third person about he, you're in charge? Like right. you're one what of do you mean the people, people in charge? In charge. <laughs> I mean, I think he was talking like org wide, but I do think he slipped up. Like you said, like, he, that you're part of that group, dude. Yeah, like, like, you are people in charge, Han. <laughs> They, again, they won't do it in season. The White Sox never fire anyone in season. Long history of that. But I can never, you know what the playbook is going to be? September, first week of September, Bob Nightingale column. White Sox floating the idea of making a change. Get the, get it going. Yep. I don't even know. See what the, <laughs> I don't even know who, like, I'd want uh, GMs. I don't know. Well, can it's going to be, isn't the name the, the farm director or Chris no, if they If they give it to Chris Gatz, I'm, I'm just giving up White Sox baseball. I'm quitting this show. I'm doing the, everything. The perfect just... guy would have been uh, Stearns, but apparently he's just gonna he's gonna get uh, be the president for the Mets. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I like I've always said I throw I a bag my... at Theo. What Theo is just I wear my misses. I didn't think Bruce Boshi would have a, a successful last run as a manager. I didn't really want to manage in the White Sox and he's doing a great job down in Texas. I mean, they're battling through some injuries and everything, but he's keeping them on top of that AL West. So, you know, what makes a good manager too? managing the goddamn bullpen and pitching. Well, I was going to say having good players. (laughs) Yeah, that helps. That helps. My biggest thing against Pedro, man, he gives starting pitchers way too long of a leash. It's just, yeah. And, I don't know. Like, I feel like he won't make the tough call. Like, for weeks we said T.A. should be batting seven just to figure it out, and he just wouldn't put him lower than two. And, I mean, I guess you could say it worked out, but it took way too long to get That was his big, like, like, yeah, he's he's... – well, that's the thing. He kept saying no. Like, Mm -hmm. no, no, no. And then, like, it was literally, like, the next day, it's like, oh, Tamaris is hitting two now. Yeah. It's like, well – who called? You Who did, made the you phone did call? You did kind of move him, but yeah. you just kept saying that you weren't going to. Move. Yeah, I mean, 
that to me reeked of like Kenny or Rick or someone in the front office being like, TA's not betting leadoff anymore. Figure it out. And he's like, fine, I'll put him at two. And I and I always wonder with the, you know, we, we every fan base, all 30 team uh, fans of the teams, compl- we complain about lineups almost every day. Yeah. Even, it doesn't even matter. Team is good, bad, average. You're yep. going to complain a lot. I And I just wonder how much input is there from like the GM or someone or like the, the analytics guy from the front office, whatever, whatever sect of the team that right. di- like dives deep into the numbers. What does that look like? You know, I think about it with the Cubs, with some of the decisions that David Ross makes with the White Sox for years now, you know, even going back to Ricky Renneria, it seemed like every day there was a complaint. But like, I do wonder, because we do see other teams like Tampa Bay Rays, we know they're very analytical. They're working every single number, trying to get an advantage. Mm-hmm. How, what is that process with the Sox, with the Cubs? with Because some of these men are head scratchers sometimes. Right. And I mean... To all the people that are trying to, for some reason, still white knight for Tony, and oh, maybe this wasn't Tony's fault, dude. Guy fell asleep in the dugout. He didn't pitch run for Hendricks in extra innings. Like, there's a laundry list of things. I know the White Sox won the division in 2021 with not Tony because Larusa. of him. Not because of him. Yes, every single time there is a big moment, it's like where a manager's decision did matter. Tony got outmatched <laughs> every yeah. single time. That series against Houston, mm. hey, let's get Lance Lynn in their game one because, hey, who cares that Houston t- keeps hitting home runs off this year who only throws mm-hmm. fastballs? Yep. <laughs> let's let's line up our defense in a not-the-correct way and let's mm-hmm. just keep giving up hits up the middle. The yes. the pitching changes, the and hey maybe it's, it, I know last year we had this you know big back and forth with Kevin. It's like well Ethan Katz is the pitching coach. He should be the one on the on the phone getting uh you know guys warmed up. But it's like hey, is Tony Larusa wasn't he supposed to be the guy with thirty years experience? Like has, can he not tell the pitching coach? <laughs> So like, yeah, yeah. Tony, the, the 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 revisionist history of Tony Larusa is get get out of here with that. Yeah, that's that's pretty brutal. And I mean, I don't know. I think in some way they might have done me a favor. The ex, my expectations are this is bottom for me mm-hmm. for the White Sox. I mean, and the annoying part too about the the unknown of. Because that's the thing, uh, you know. That's what all prospects are. I'll get, no, no, but it's not even the. <coughs> sorry, the general point of the the Sox not even knowing their their direction. Are right. they gonna rebuild? And you couldn't even give a. Are they gonna compete? That. It goes back to the first time back in 2015, 16. What did the White Sox do? They just half-assed it. They have. It's like, yeah, let's compete. Let's make some moves. But again, we're we're not going to spend the big free agent money, so we're not going to have that star player or, or like an additional star player to coming in. Mm-hmm. So, like, if they do try to compete, I just, I'm just not going to be convinced. It's going to be the same problem again. It's going to be like, I will like, re- hey, let's. I looked it up, dude. I could. I forgot that it was in the same season. 
the last time the White Sox did a rebuild was when Rick Hahn declared it was uh, July 20, 2016, when the team just kept scuffling. They were below mm-hmm. 500. They couldn't get anything going. One month, like five weeks before that, they traded for James Shields. For, yeah, I mean, we, we all know who yeah, they gave. Yeah, we all. Yeah, but like, forget about that. that. They, they, they did a move because they thought they were going to compete. So they trade a young talent to get a veteran starting pitcher for the rotation. And then, um, and then five weeks later, they're like, you know what? We're going to do a rebuild. Like mm-hmm. wh- what? And now it's like, kind of like the same. It's like, okay, we trade, we got all this, uh, all our expiring contracts out of here. We're clearing money. We're looking to compete, but wait, you know what? Like m- maybe we trade C's. Maybe, maybe we trade everyone except for Lee Robert. You know, that, mm-hmm. that tweet was out there. Like so, wait. What are you doing? Are you trying to compete? Are you going to rebuild? What do you? They use the all-time terrible sports cliche of this isn't a rebuild; it's a retool. It's the, it, it's the. I mean, it's what we'll be, comes in. We've been pissed off about with uh with Jed Hoyer, who never wanted to say rebuild, but like you know, we saw with the moves what they were doing. Yeah, it's like we're, that's the thing. We're gonna know. We're gonna know by the actions. Like you, you don't have to say it. But the actions are going to tell us what you, what you're what you're trying to do. Oh, I'm not expecting much. So <laughs> I don't know. Uh, although, do you got anything before we go? Uh, I mean, just excited about the Cubs playing great. Hopefully, be. they get this series win with another win on Thursday against the Reds. Uh, I think they're going to be like two and a half back in the wild card race. Uh, maybe three games back here. Maybe two if they if they do win on Thursday against the Reds. Two games back in the Central. Uh, just great vibes for the Cubs. Finally, love again. Thank you, White Sox, for those games last week. Um, can, uh, and, but sorry, but sorry at the same time for. Can uh, can't wait to maybe feel something like that again in four years. But uh, and we can't. We'd be remiss not to do this. Whoop. I started drinking at six a.m. and we're here now. I don't know what time it is. But I'm rolling deep, and those cars are going real fast and real left, son. They're going fast and left. Fuck yeah. That was NASCAR Minute. Uh... <laughs> By the way, do go check out Mitch's 20-minute uh, pot. It was fantastic. Yeah, no, he did a great job. It's very, very hard to do one of these solo. Mm-hmm. Um just throwing that out there and people say oh no no it, it is very hard to do something like this solo. so uh for mitch fids my guy aldo i'm zo uh we'll see you guys next week hopefully we might have somebody on here to talk a little bit more in depth about the prospects um dms are always open if there's something specific you want us to talk about but other than that we appreciate all the love and all the support uh you know hit the like and subscribe button and then tell a couple friends to do it and have them tell a couple friends to do it and so on and so forth. Uh, also, we wouldn't be objected to you putting on our playback that's on YouTube here and then just leave it on in the background before you go to sleep at night. <laughs> and then play it again the next day. And then play it when you wake up or play it right before you go to work <laughs> or whatever. Uh, or go to the Apple Store and put it on every computer in the Apple Store and hide <laughs> the icon just so it just plays. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so YouTube changed some parameters. So if we can get a lot of uh, watch time on our belt, uh, we can move up and do some other things for you guys. So uh, again, we really appreciate it. Usually, we had the usual suspects in the chat today, and uh, yeah, 
So that's all the ones though. We'll see you guys next week. This Padres bitch is shitting bricks right now. Why? Because Danny fucking Burgess is up and back. Guy just ordered Shake Shack straight to the dugout. Free build of the favorites. We here for the latest. South side or the north side. Not tuned to the greatest. Home team for the home teams. Both sides got our own rings. On the mound or the long ball. But we don't put the wrong strings. Yeah. It's that time of the year now. Wrigley or Gantee, so the whole league that we here now. New show with a new mood. Discussions and interviews. Straight rumors that might be. This is Pinwheels and Knife. Yeah. This is what you waiting for, yeah. You can put it on the board, yeah. Every season, nigga, it all change. Take me out to the bar game. This is what you waiting for, yeah. You can put it on the board. Season, make it all change. Season, make it all change. Take me out to the ball game.